Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. I had back, y'all. So, uh, quick explanation for the people. We recorded our last episode, as we always do. It was a fire episode, but I am not just, like, a co-host of the show. I'm also the producer, and the producer fucked up, and he lost the file. But now we have backups to and a backup to the backup, so that should never, ever happen again as long as we're on the Zoom thing. It never happened when we were in person because, you know what I'm saying, we didn't have to rely on Zoom. But, but don't worry, we back. And we're about to put together a great episode for y'all. If it happens again, Derek, you're the producer. <laughs> I don't think anything goes wrong with Derek as a producer. I just need that. I need that producer raise. I ain't even got the producer raise, Derek. So, so I don't know what to expect. So yeah, we back with some more basketball, y'all. So I think that since we do want to go and touch all bases, what we could do a nice little outline for today's show is literally hit every single team, what we see, what we like, what we dislike about them in the bubble, hit all the storylines attached to that team, and um, and, and look at it that way. Is that cool with y'all? I like it. Yeah. Message to the fans. Uh, like like KB just said, we are going to make up for that missed episode. But in return, we need y'all to go out there, make sure y'all, I know y'all. some of y'all watch a visual on YouTube, but make sure y'all are going to those streaming podcast apps giving us five stars, giving us reviews, download them, get them Spotify numbers up. Um, you know, recently we saw that we had made a jump on the charts out of nowhere because we, you know, it was a surprise to us. So let's, let's keep going, you know, uh, let's, let's try to get to baby steps, top 15, top 10, top five, then let's hit that number one. Uh, we're more than capable. Y'all have done it in the past. So let's keep that going. And uh, the more, the more higher we get on the charts, the more opportunities come for us. And the better it is for y'all to get that A1 content from us. So let's get that cracking. Uh, what team are we starting with? Let's, I think we, let's, you want to start from the top and just hit one east, one west, one east, one west, one east, one west, and do it that oh, way. Or oh, y'all want to start from the bottom? The best of the last. Let's start bottom. Yeah, I think we should leave the best of the last. All right, all right. So we'll start off the bottom. And, and the worst team in the bubble is the Washington Wizards. They have lost all three games. I, like we said, we're going to talk about every team, but this might be one that we just kind of get through real quick. Uh, they have some bright spots, right? Um, Thomas Bryant has been playing really good in these three games. Um, they get to see some more Rui Hachimura, get some more reps and things like that. But overall, this team, we knew that uh, they shouldn't have been invited to the bubble. And they're basically at the point right now that they're about to be exiled. Like their chances of taking that eighth seed or even get to the point where they can play the play-in tournament is about to uh, lose or go down if they lose another game and then somehow the Brooklyn Nets win another. But what have y'all seen from the Washington Wizards, if y'all even watched? Yeah, I've been, I damn near have to just go back and watch the highlights for most of their games. Cause, but I mean, <laughs> from what I've seen, like you said, the young talent is where it's at right now. They're going to look good once John John Wall and Bradley Beal come back. I think they're going to be a lot better than what people think. Um, I mean, something that always amazes me watching the Washington Wizards is Ishmith is still fast as hell, even at the yeah. age he is now. Like, it's just plays where he's, like, jogging and he'll beat somebody down the floor. But, um, I mean, the Wizards are cool for right now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, Go ahead. I think that's the best way to put it, is that they're cool. I mean, they're just a team that everybody's going to beat up on. They got mm-hmm. torched by T.J. Warren last night, which is, he's one of the hottest hands in the league right now. So he kept that going against them. So I think that's pretty much the team that they is. You know, the thing about the Wizards for me that's impressive is that they've lost games, but I don't think that they've gotten beaten up on like everybody's expected. They've kind of played into some games, stayed relatively close and competitive. And I think that's the best <clears throat> best thing, excuse me, that they could have done in a bubble is just compete. You know, have some effort, have some pride. Um, they obviously don't have Bradley Beal. 
uh, Bertans, anything like that. But, you know, Ruchar Mora has played real well. I've seen some flashes from Troy Brown. Thomas Bryant was real good. So I think that's just the best thing that they could do uh, is just be competitive. They're going to lose the games. Like, mm-hmm. that's no surprise. Uh, hell, they could have won all all the games and still would not, would not have made it if we're being completely honest with each other. Um, but just be competitive. Because when I look at the thing, like, against the, the, the Suns, they never showed that they would win the game. But it ain't, it ain't that it ain't it wasn't a blowout by any means. I mean, the Suns won by thirteen and towards the end of the game. It just become you know the Suns, Suns. But they they was in it for a lot, especially in that first half. Uh, it was relatively close. Uh, even the Nets, they only lost by eight. And again, the Nets isn't some powerhouse team, but they stayed in, in that. And then to the Pacers, yeah, they lost by eleven. But again, like Derek said, T.J. Warren has been one of the hottest hands in the league. So I mean, they're they're in the mix a little bit, and that's all you could really ask for as a coach. Like um, Billy Donovan, uh, not even Billy Donovan, uh, uh, Scott Brooks, who used to mm-hmm. coach the Thunder, of course, is why I'm getting mixed up. But uh, yeah, I think that's been cool. Isaac Bonga is getting minutes, you know. Um, yeah. We saw John Wall in the gym recently. They so. uh, they did like a a telecast during their last game where Bradley Beal yeah. was the one commentating, which is, I mean, that's that's something. You give yeah. the Wizards fans what they want, mm-hmm. see they start player. But I think what they're doing throughout this bubble game, they're not really playing for much, but seeing what players will probably be decent enough to bring back next year when John Wall is back, once Bradley Beal is hooping and things like that. So these players are getting their reps. Like we mentioned, Thomas Bryant has been amazing. Troy Brown has had a couple games here and there. So they're just slowly but surely looking at their young talent and seeing what's what's really out there for them. So, you know, I mean, it's cool. It's cool for the for to have, like, these lesser teams in there for a team that may not be – uh, may not be hot to f- eventually get a watch the Wizards game, and they can try to get things together to ramp things up. But overall, that's it. I agree with Mike, though. I don't think they're that far away when you add those other two, other few pieces back. And what I mean by far away is competing for a playoff spot. Right, yeah. 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 I think so, too. Because everything they've said, and I know front officers say this all the time when somebody's coming back from an injury, but everything they've said about John Wall is that they, they truly, truly believe that he's going to come back and be an all-star caliber point guard again, which is great because they, they're saying that he won't rely as much as his athleticism as he's done in the past, and he'll start to, you know, um, shoot more jumpers. You know what I'm saying? He had the Andre Roberson treatment during his injury, and he's just shooting threes in the gym yeah. all day. If they hit on a draft pick, that it could be a situation where, yeah, he he won't have to rely on that, or he don't even have to be – uh, 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 that type of player, as long as he's knocking on the door of an all-star caliber point guard, because you have Bradley Beal, if you bring back Bruton's, you have Trey Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura, uh, uh, Thomas Bryant, and if you hit on that draft pick, you just become more of a team-oriented team, mm-hmm. and it's not so much, John, we need you yeah. to do these things. But I we're pray just that Davis Bertans resigns. I would love to see Davis Bertans with John Wall. Like, yeah, that's like yeah. the prime type of guy for a John Wall-led team. So, I hope mm-hmm. that he comes back. But y'all know Davis Bertans is probably going to get some money this offseason from somewhere else. Yeah. I think, I, hope I, we'll- think, I think John Wall's absence, it kind of just made Bradley Beal appreciate what John Wall brought. Like, he had his, like, stardom and he got to put up his points and everything. But definitely having a dude like John Wall on your team, is, it's going to work wonders for, like, the success going long term. Yeah. And that's what he got with John Wall. They 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 made they had some playoff runs together, man. They Have they ever not made the playoffs together? I don't remember. I think I I think they like they, they have, uh, but like when, when Bradley like they, was young. For the majority, uh, they made the playoffs though, yeah. Yeah. No, they, they make the playoffs and they they have 
decent series, you know what I'm saying? They beat the mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors that one year, and then they went to game seven with the Celtics, well, and, and then I'm Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk had that 20-point game, and then in, in the game seven, like they were this close to basically being in the conference finals. So, um, They're much more winning backcourt than I think the media gives mm-hmm. them credit for, including us, but yeah. Next team is the Phoenix Suns. Technically, they're the worst team in the West bubble, but they're 2-0 in the bubble, um, slowly creeping up. But, you know, they got to get to the ninth seed to, to cause a play-in. And I, we could talk about the Suns, obviously. I've been really impressed with the way they've been doing things. DeAndre Aiden has been good. And we kind of talked about this on the last episode, that the lost episode, of how good DeAndre Aiden can be, right? And once you look back on it, as long as DeAndre Aiden is putting up these type of numbers and the team is relatively successful, you got to forget that they took him over Luka. You know what I'm saying? The ones that's going to look bad is the Marvin Bagley one. But you can be fine with the way DeAndre Aiden is playing, even though you passed up on Luka, because so far, him and Devin Booker in the bubble have looked great together. Yeah. Yeah, I think DeAndre Aiden changes the dynamic of the future for this team. Uh because if you if if you take the the games he's played real well in a bubble and you put it with the way Devin Booker's played, that's a dynamic duo. And then you start to add the pieces around, like Mike mentioned pre-show, uh, Cam Johnson played real well, had a double double. Kelly Oubre is hurt, but we know the things that he can do as far as being a supportive role player, uh, veteran point guard like Ricky Rubio. Those are all those will always be available whether you have Ricky Rubio or not. You can always hit the market for a veteran led guy especially as guys get older, Kyle Lowry's, Michael Conley's, Rubio's. We're seeing those guys get older and, and, and move around. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree, KB. Uh, Aiden has 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 played well. I think the last game he was eyed. It wasn't as good as the – No, he the, didn't. But I think – It was a foul trouble, though. Yeah, I think his big body presence is still felt a lot, though, during that the course of that game. And uh, a good thing I think the Phoenix Suns are starting to do is just establishing an identity. You know, they have their go-to guy with D-Book. They have their young uh, DeAndre Aiden. And Ricky Rubio, he's still – you can argue he's still not working that worth the contract he's on. But, I mean, he, he's been decent alongside D-Book. I mean, he's proven that, you know, he could play alongside him well. His shooting isn't, you know, a problem for him at all. But, I mean, the young pieces are – they're going to help them out moving forward, I think. You know, they're adding weapons around him. Cam Johnson just had a really nice game, as you mentioned. Yeah, Bridges. Mikael Bridges is a monster defensively. Uh, you got to think once they get Kelly Oubre back, that's another 15 points, you know, maybe 20 they can be getting. So defensively, they've been stepping it up too. They've been giving themselves to hang in games. And, and you know, they pulled that back against Ron Carter. Yeah, they pulled back against the Mavericks, who we'll get to later. And uh, I was impressed with them there, but they were able to close it out. Yeah, because D Book fouled out in that game and they were able to still close it out without mm-hmm. Devin Booker on the floor. And that's that's impressive because you still had Luca, you still had Porzingis and and uh the Mavericks team. What do you think so far, D Mills, about the Suns? Um, uh, I'm impressed with it. We're talking about a dude that's giving you twenty eight ten that's in the second year who hasn't even reached his full potential. So mm-hmm. that alone is scary. And then when you add Devin Booker, Ricky Rubio, those guys, they compliment him. But then when you got Cam Johnson, dude that he can take it out to and then Kelly Oubre, I think his ceiling is high, like really high. That's like a second. You said what? He's going to compliment D-Book. D-Book ain't there yeah. to compliment him. I think they compliment each other. No, but but he's going to – he's a piece around Book. This show is operated around Book, not so yeah. much Aiden, in my opinion. No, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I think they're both, like, centerpieces of the franchise, definitely. Um. But yeah, I really like what I see. That the other night against Dallas, I was really surprised with how that second unit like came alive and like they really kept them in that game when D Book and Aiden was like in foul trouble and like they went in the game. 
And I, they really kept them in the game. And I was actually very surprised because you never really know what you're going to get from their second year. And you know who it was, right? Yep, Cam Joss. Cam, and then, Cam, um, Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, yes, Cameron and Cameron Payne. Payne. <laughs> Cameron yes, Payne came Payne. in and had some moments, bro. And we like, I, I can't I'm believe he's still getting opportunities. Yeah, I'm not yeah, because sure. the commentator was like, I thought Cameron Payne was out of the league. I didn't even that know was the game against the Celtics, right? I think that was Scalabrini <laughs> during the uh, during the scrimmage game against the Celtics. That was a wild ass statement, man. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was gonna see Williams though, man. That team, that team looks like a, a entirely different team than what we've seen in previous years. Uh, they have a maturity to them, you know, because a lot of young teams, because they are young, they have Sarik yeah. and mm -hmm. Kale Bridges. A lot of young teams struggle with closing out games, and like mm -hmm. KB said. That's a really impressive win over a team like the Mavericks to close it out with the book, um, you know, fouled out. And again, eight, for whatever reason, Fouch or whatever, Aiden only had seven points. Yeah. So even when Devin Burker was out, it wasn't like, oh, Aiden, you know, was just carrying them. Like they were still being, you mm -hmm. know, a, a team out there. And I guess that's a credit to Ricky Rubio, just veteran leadership. But yeah, impressive, not the least. 2-0, man. 2-0. Mm -hmm. They just yeah. show us how far they are because, like KB said, they're the worst team in the bubble on the west side. I was going to say, I don't know what their, their schedule looks like, but because some, there's some teams out there that got some tough-ass schedules. They like got the a good today. That's a tough-ass game. Thursday, they'll play the Pacers. Tough. TJ I mean, Saturday, they'll play, they'll play the Heat. Monday, they'll play the Thunder. Next Tuesday, they'll play the Sixers. And then their last game, Thursday, will be against the Mavericks again. So okay. yeah, oh, they got a tough schedule. Very yeah, they tough. Got, they just got to go yeah. in and ruin somebody night, man. Ruin somebody night. You know what they doing? They they just playing that underdog role, mm -hmm. uh, and they hanging in there. D book is is being a prime time player. This is what people wanted to see. Can he play in meaningful games? And he's delivered in meaningful games and in more ways than scoring. D book is playmaking. He's defending when it matters. Still not consistently doing it throughout the course of a game, but when it comes down to stretch, I've seen D book uh, have some locked in possessions. But yeah, they just got to go in there with nothing to lose, in my opinion. Because even at two and zero, they're still out of it. You know right. what I mean? And, and the, the Grizzlies haven't won a game. You know what I mean? Pelicans just won their first game, and still the Suns wasn't able to make up any ground. So they just got to play play with nothing to lose. You see, the the future is very bright with them, man. You you they have all the pieces, and we just it's about getting better and better. Mm -hmm. um, last thing, I'm still waiting on DeAndre Aiden to draw fouls. He still mm -hmm. ain't done it. That's my big thing with him. Just mm -hmm. get to the foul line. He's a. I'm pretty sure he's a decent free throw shooter too. He just always does like the hook or like going away from the rim, and was like just just get just get to the rim, just get to the rim and get fouled. And you know it makes it easier because that's like what a minute that you can kind of rest while you're getting your free throws. You ain't running up and down the court. Either way, we move on to our next team, Brooklyn Nets. They are one and one in the bubble, beating up on the Washington Wizards the other day. And then the first game, they got blown out by the magic of, if I'm not mistaken. Magic, yes. And uh, we talked about this on the last episode, but the first game against the Orlando Magic, I was waiting. I was watching that game because I think it was the first game of the day, and I was waiting. I was patiently waiting. Like, where the hell is Jamal Crawford? So I tweeted it because, I, I mean, I had the I was listening to the commentators and everything, and nobody was mentioning Jamal Crawford. Like, why is he not out there? And people on Twitter saying they he just wasn't in shape. He's not in shape. So he, he came to the bubble to get in shape. Bro, he, he's like 41 years old, man. <laughs> he's 41 years old. Don't program game stuff. It's it's not like the, the NBA level. You got to get back into it. Man, man, just throw him out there. <laughs> just throw the old yeah, man. He's going to get some buckets. No, no question about it. He's going to put up points. 
Yeah, they have nothing to play for. They have nothing. To lose. They can they, just play them. They really don't have anything to play for because if I'm not mistaken, they're resting yeah, a they lot rested, of guys today. They rested their starters too. What? They're right. They're, they're about to rest. Their bubble big three is what it says. So we're about to get no Jared Allen, no Karis LeVert, and who the heck is the third player in the big three? Oh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Against the Bucks, the Bucks about to win by like sixty if they just come out here and play a little bit. But what have y'all seen? Well, did the they Nets play yesterday? Back? I know some teams have played back to back. Did they play yesterday? I do the, not believe so. The Nets no. did not play yesterday. No, they played on Sunday. They played Sunday Sunday morning. Uh, it's, it's another one of the teams that it's not a lot to say. They pretty much have the eighth seed uh, on on lockdown, um, and they're probably going to get their ass swept by the Bucks once the season <laughs> starts back. Once the playoffs <laughs> get here, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really not much to say. Uh, Jared Allen. I think he's playing how he's playing to, to in his showing like, bro, I should be the starting center. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think it's like a competition mm-hmm. how they were trying to it make. Should have never been a competition, right? Uh, well, <laughs> and as soon as Jock Vaughn became the interim head coach, they made the little switch or whatever. But yeah, Jared Allen is a starting center, uh, and if not, you should move him honestly because he's that good. I see a lot of Boston Celtic fans being like, "Yo, this is the guy we need." if it's possible. Yeah. Here's LeVert and Joe Harris doing anything. I think Joe Harris had a season high in the bubble, so that was good to see. Um, and they could just build on that. I, again, this is another team that I don't think we're looking at too hard because we know the situation isn't for this year or right now. Yep. Um, and it's more so just getting these guys another year of a playoff experience under their belt because they did have it last year. Um, and they could just build on that. And I don't know, bro. It's, I, I feel like it's a tough position for some of those guys because they don't know. You know what I mean? Karis mm-hmm. Averta's out here hooping his heart out, giving everything he got to this team in a position where they're not really going to do shit. And, you know, I, I wonder the mindset. Are you hooping out here to show you have some value uh, if you're going to be moved? Or are you here to try to show that you should stay? Um, but either or, I know they're trying to play good. But, yeah, it, it's a weird it's a weird situation to evaluate them and to try to depict their mindset of what they're doing. Even Jock Vaughn, he probably won't be the coach next year. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, those names are coming up in trades already, right? That when Zach Levine is rumor, or people keep throwing Bradley Beal as a as a partner for the Nets, and you're not getting those deals done without giving up Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. he is out here just playing to see what the heck his future looks like. Imagine a backcourt of Zach Levine and Kyrie Irving. That's... They giving up 140, but they scoring 145. <laughs> I don't like just man. I don't, no, like I don't like it. I don't like it either. No. Yeah, I don't like it either. I've seen Devin Booker. I mean, I've seen Zach Levine as a third option before. And he, he did his thing, but it was always like, damn, you know he could do a little bit more. So. Oh, I don't like it just because I defensively they would just get killed. Yeah. And, and Zach Levine's an incentive guy, right? He wants his shots, so he ain't going to play on the defensive side of the ball. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's why Jerry Allen is so perfect because he's so low maintenance. Yeah. I haven't seen D Book winning either. I mean, Zach winning either. Maybe oh, Zach snap. is winning. Jamal Crawford is playing today, though. I just Shams just oh. tweeted, so that's the reason to watch him go against the Bucks, man. There we go. Jamal Crawford. <laughs> game to come back. This to time's up perfect. Jamal goes <laughs> forty. They surprisingly beat the Bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. The next team we have is one of the most disappointing teams in the bubble, the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Their last game was terrible, bro. It got They've to the been point, super disappointed. It got to the point like, where I had to basically cut it off, bro. They they came out and they did not have any energy. Uh, first game, 
not many people had energy other than De'Aaron Fox. He basically had 40 piece, uh, 40 piece by himself, and they were this close to winning it. But the second game against who? Who's well, the second game against? They went against the, the Magic. Her. The Magic. Oh, no, this, the Magic. The Magic. Oh, yeah. And they just had no energy. Harry Giles didn't play until they were down by 20 in the fourth quarter. Then in those, mm-hmm. those minutes that he played, he looked amazing. It's just like, I don't understand. I don't know if they realize that if they want to make the playoffs, they have to play hard and they have to win games because nobody's out there hooping. Buddy Heald has looked pretty bad most of the time. De'Aaron Fox has looked cool. Um, Bogey has looked cool. But everybody else in the rosters is there. And it mm-hmm. it's like... Right now, they're the worst. They're like the worst Western Conference team in the bubble. Yeah, like I said, they've been super disappointed, and we keep bringing up Buddy Hill, but it just seems like when that shot is not falling, he's not giving you much else. Yeah, at, nearly at all. I mean, no, he's, he's definitely one of the players. Yeah, if his shot's not falling, he's not doing anything defensively much. He's not playmaking. He's you really much have to rely on him making his shots, and if he's not, it ain't nothing. It ain't you can't expect much from him. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just one of those teams, man. It's just one of those teams that like you wonder how things could have been differently. Yeah, you know. And it's tough though, because I mean, just a few years ago, or was it just literally last year? They were playing super well, and we we're like, okay, this team's gonna be special, you know, moving forward. But I mean, not even just this, this team, but I feel like a lot of these young teams, they're not gonna really always have that fighting chance because it's just so tough in that West. Mm-hmm. And one slip up or one bad streak, now you find yourself having to climb back, and you're in this tough position. And again, these young players, they don't always have the patience to kind of battle through those losses and fight back up. So right. it, it's going to be tough. I mean, last year they were like one of the surprise teams, right? They were they were yeah. very close to making the playoffs. Not many people on their roster have got better going towards this year. And then they switched up the coaching. And now the coaching system is completely different to what the heck they were doing last year when they were running and gunning. So it's, it's a lot of different things here and there. And then their second big star – can't stay healthy and he can't stay on the court. So it's a lot of things going on with the Sacramento Kings that's like, I can't imagine being a Kings fan right now because it's got to be depleted second year in a row of being in playoff contention, but then you fall apart at the end. This is the result of bad front office, man. I mean, there was no reason to replace the coach. And then when you look at this roster, this roster is just not really good um, besides what their young core can be. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I mean, Buddy Hill, like Mike said, if he's not scoring, he's really obsolete. He's not really doing shit. Um, Harrison Barnes is cool, but it makes him not cool because of the amount of money he makes. So you want to this year <laughs> and, and get higher, higher. I mean, he, he'll have a big game or so, but he's not going to be that nightly dude, you know? Then you look at other guys that, I mean, they're cool, but just not in the Kings way, like Corey Joseph, Kent Bazemore, Corey Brewer. You know, these are good. These guys are playing 15 plus minutes. Like, they're just, they don't fit a Kings thing. Like, Corey Brewer shouldn't be. A, Corey Brewer, he, he don't need to be on no young team like that. You know what I'm saying? Can't be like Corey Joseph. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are cool, but not with the type of team that we that we saw last year that made them so well. It just didn't fit. Like, mm-hmm. they, they had a cool running, gunning team. And some of these names I'm seeing on here just don't fit that movement. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, something has to happen. I, I know one thing for sure. We next year we shouldn't see a lot of these names on this team. Like I don't care how you're supposed to do it, how you have to do it. Buddy Hill ch- ch- needs to be traded. Um, let's let's nip that in the bud. You pay Bogdanovich, cool. That's y'all guy. And then y'all try to try to get some type of value out of uh, Buddy Hill because there's just no reason for that to even be there. No, they I mean, haven't. Not. They haven't paid Bogdanovich yet. He's a. He's no, a they have to. But yeah, if they're, they're going to though, they're going to. Going to pay him. Yeah. So you pay him. And then you and move then, on for Buddy, and you right. just let that be that. 
And it's I'm not like trying to knock on Buddy Hill or anything, but it's just it, the more they play there, it just doesn't seem like he's just like a good fit there, right? I think his role is more better on it, probably a little bit more veteran team coming off the bench. Because I mean, honestly, I know he doesn't want to come off the bench, and for a team like Sacramento, it's damn sure like why am I coming off the bench right. at this point? But I mean, I think that's where his value is as of right now, as a like a nice six man for a playoff team. Yeah. And they paid him what twenty mil, twenty two yeah, mil. He got yeah. he got a nice little bag, man. Got a nice little bag. His little old self. Uh, move on to the Orlando Magic, one of the hotter teams in the league right now. They're two and zero. Even before the restart, they were hot. They had beat the Grizzlies. They had beat the Rockets. They were they were hot before then, and now they're hot still. Their offense has looked way better. It's the second year in a row. I don't know if y'all remember last year. They were not very good in the beginning of the season. Then once, like, January 1st hit, their offense was, like, top 10 for the rest of the season. That's basically what's happening right now. Their offense is, is looking nice, looking fine. Um, unfortunately, in the last game, late in the fourth quarter, we saw Jonathan Isaac tear his ACL, which is unfortunate for, th- for them, yeah. uh, for him. Um, but overall, like, the team has looked really solid. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. Like, every- all right. In the, the episode before that we, we couldn't upload, we talked a lot about Aaron Gordon and how we were disappointed in him. He came out and he dropped 22. But that's that's, that's why that's, he's disappointed. Right. That's why he's disappointed. And I don't think we said disappointed. I think we were just saying frustrating. Frustrating, yeah. He's frustrating to watch. Yep. And then he he's doesn't very do it. And then he comes out and does it. And it's like, since we know that you can do it, we expect mm-hmm. that now. It, it, nobody's frustrated on what they think you can do because that's one thing. Because then it could just be my fault for even having those expectations for you. But once you show that you can do it, now we know that you're capable and we want to see that. And and even then, yeah, it was 22, but it's still more to his game. I feel like he can be more of an yeah. all-around player. He does. I don't even need him to be a 20-point scorer. You can be 17, 16, 17, 18, eight rebounds, and a four-assist type guy, especially for what he does and offers defensively. And I think you look at Aaron Gordon as like a more valuable player then. But mm-hmm. at some points, like we mentioned, I think that game we were talking about, he had like five shot attempts. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's exactly what I just looked at. He had 12 shot attempts this game. So it's not like he jumped up a lot, but I mean, at least he's being shown aggressive. Yeah, he's yeah. being aggressive, which he should be in that magic offense because they're not a team that's just like wows you offensively. I mean, I think the, the game against uh, the Kings, right, they they had a really good game. Terrence Roth came off the bench and had 25. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the ideal type of game that they want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see the direction that they go. I would love to see the direction that they do go because uh, they'll have some options and I know they'll want to get better because as good as they they look right now, they have to get better to, to compete at a higher level. Well, well, what's interesting now with John Isaac being injured, do you trade Aaron Gordon this offseason? Because the reason you were going to trade it because they're both like power forwards and you were trying to run them one at small forward, one at power forward. But now you don't have John Isaac next season. So do they still make that big-time decision for their franchise, or do they say, okay, Aaron, we give you one more year to start being great, and then we trade you away? It's tough. Well, I would say that's tough just because I would say maybe now, because you know Aaron Gordon's value. You know you can get something in return for him. Uh, if Jonathan Isaac has to miss a year, maybe you want to try to get, like, maybe another guy that you, you can kind of start not rebuilding around, but somebody who can fit the mold or maybe play alongside Jonathan Isaac, probably a little bit better than Aaron Gordon. But honestly, Jonathan Isaac after another knee injury. I wonder how teams are going to start looking at his value. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think they're a team that's trying to compete. Like, they like to be in the playoffs. Like, they don't – I feel right. like they haven't really taken that step back. And I think trading Eric Gordon, depending on what you get back, 
he's a big piece to why they're actually competitive. So I think it would be kind of tough for them to even think about trading him without Jonathan Isaac being there. Because Jonathan Isaac is another dude that kind of like does a little bit of everything for them as well. I think, yeah, I think it depends on what they would be able to get. I don't think you force the trade, but if you have something that you can, you know, bring to the table that's going to make you a better team, uh, especially when adding Jonathan Isaac back, because Jonathan Isaac is so young, you want to believe that you'll be able to just add him back. He's like 22. I think he'll be 23 in like October. Um, but they do have uh, Chuma Okiki, who they drafted in the first round, but, you know, missed time because of his injury at Auburn. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you do trade Aaron Gordon, you'll be able to give him some minutes in there. And I think the expectation for him is going to be that he can be a, a, a floor spacing big who can do some things defensively as well. I think you still would have Alfarik Aminu. So they'll be able, if they did have to trade, they could make things work until they got Jonathan Isaac back. It just depends on, you know, the offer that's on the table and how much it improves you. Because yeah. they're they're a weird team. Because where do you even go? What are you even looking to get back? Because you do you you have Vucevic and Mobamba. You would have Jonathan Isaac and uh Chuma, like I just said, Okiki. And then small four position, you have what? Is yeah. that the position that they, that they look for? I, I mean? guess so. But they, they just have like they have a decent amount of wings though. You know what I'm saying? They well, they have like Terrence, yeah, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, oh, Wesley Wandu. Yeah. Um, but none of them names stick out. You know what I'm saying? None of them names really stick out. Evan Fournier has been really good this season. But none of them names really, really stick out. And I, they think they have their point guard of the future in Markel, even though he's coming off the bench right now. So, yeah, they're again, they're a very weird team and, like, a candidate for, like, okay, do we restart? You know what I'm saying? Do we restart what we got? We keep Markel because he's 20, 21. And do we try to get Vucevic out of here, even though he's been on the trade market for four years? Do we try to do this or that? So I, I wouldn't know. mind. I wouldn't mind a DeRozan experiment, man. If, if I, would, I would like that too. I, I wouldn't like mind too. a DeRozan experiment. Especially the way DeRozan playing nowadays. Like the way he he's been just. playing in this bubble. <laughs> Got chip on his shoulder. Uh, we'll move on to the next team, which is the New Orleans Pelicans. Three games in. They are one and three. Big win for them uh, last yesterday against the Memphis Grizzlies. I know everybody's got an opinion on the Pels, considering they're one of the like the go-to must-watch teams. But they they caught a, a loss on the first day against the Jazz, a close game, and they got blown out by the Clippers. And then they win by ten against the Pels. After that, this is where we get to see like that super easy part of the schedule everybody's yeah. been talking about. They have Kings, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, Magic, yeah. all five teams on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think this is going to be a super good stretch for them to not only just get some like nice wins that they know they're super capable of getting, but also just to get a nice uh, get into a rhythm before they try to, you know, attempt to do the playoff game. Because that schedule is, is just way too easy compared to the schedule to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> go against like the Dale Bucks, yep. uh, the top teams, top teams of the NBA. But uh, I mean, in the games they have played, uh, I know they got blown out by the Clippers, but Brandon Ingram showed that he's le- he's le- a legit dude. Uh, I've been super impressed with Drew Holiday defense, and they just been showing that they they're willing to fight. Yeah, I think that win against Memphis is big for them uh, mm-hmm. because they're going into this easy stretch. They would have went into this easy stretch with an L. I think young teams they like y'all said they kind of it's hard for them to fight back. They get down on themselves, and I think Zion playing late in that game really helped him. Because yeah. you could tell that he actually was impactful because the game was like 93 to 97, like mm-hmm. before he came in. And then it, what the, it was like one, they ended up winning by 10. So you could just mm-hmm. definitely tell that his impact was definitely felt late in that game. So I think it's basically based on if he can continue to play these 
crunch time minutes. And if B.I. can continue to be that guy down the stretch mm-hmm. like he was last night. Yeah, this has got to be a good a good run for Zion over the next couple of these games, especially mm-hmm. for him to start getting his feet more wet and get some more minutes played and to start loosening up. It's so weird because the, this game, he was good. The last game, he looked terrible. He looked terribly out of shape. Um, he would have like those two to three minute bursts like in, in the lineup. And then once he was out, they, they pants him on the bench and you sweat. He just ran seven miles. You know what I'm saying? That's how much he was sweating. He was out of breath. But then this game, he looked in shape. So I don't know what the hell is happening in a one and two game. I mean, one and two day stretch where he goes from looking super out of shape to in shape. And then I'm guessing they're continuing to rep his minutes up. And then he's going to be eventually playing, you know what I'm saying? 30, 35 minutes games. Mm-hmm. He yeah. could be. Honestly, he could end up being in one sort of one of those cases where he does kind of play at the level of a, a Giannis in the minutes area where he he plays so damn hard and the way his body is set up, he can only play 30, 32 minutes. So you might right. have to spread it over, um, you know, have the rotations right for it. I feel like. Which is fine because they have a deep team. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Brandon Ingram is their guy. Brandon Ingram is the guy. You know what I mean? Um, as good as Zion has shown he could be and, and as well as he plays, Brandon Ingram is their guy. You know what I mean? Some of the shots that Brandon Ingram made shows you why he should and will be their guy because as good as Zion is, Zion can't make those type of shots um, at those parts of the game. And, you know, um, the layups isn't always available. He does he does get to the rim effortlessly. That's Zion what he does. But, I mean, that's hard to count on um, at certain parts of the game. And so when you can get those, get it. But then there's going to be times where you need Brandon Ingram to make step back, turn around shots over guys, and that's what he has in his game. I like the Pelicans, man, and I feel like with this stretch in their schedule, they have to they have to make up ground, and that's another thing that young teams need to do. You got to value every possession. Uh, I need Lonzo to be a little bit more locked in. Josh Hart was amazing off the bench. He doesn't get enough credit. He had a very nice game. Fifteen. He just be busting his ass, man. Uh, JJ, I, I got him. He busts his ass on the floor. And then. Um, you know, even Melly had some plays. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're real good. I want to see Jackson Hayes be a little better, especially for that whiny shit he did when he didn't get selected to that. Um, you got to play better if you're going to cry about a little shit like that. And uh, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, that's one of the things, the bubble. The bubble is putting everybody on a certain platform that you know about, but it's just seeing them on a day-by-day basis shows you a little bit more of the game and they're able to put a little bit more on display. Drew Holiday isn't shifty. He isn't the fastest guard, but uh, – he finds a way to get to where he wants to go on the court in a, in a very Rajon Rondo-esque way. And I mean that because Rajon Rondo wasn't some guy who was putting people on skates either, but he just – he could get to where he wanted to get to. And it's very impressive seeing Drew Holiday do that because I think so much of the attention goes to his defense that we forget – not forget these because everybody knows he scored a ball, but just him being able to get to where he wants to get to, the little spin moves, I like it. I like it. I like it. They did a good job on the job, too. What's up with Zoe? I think it's the shots is not coming down. And then uh, he's always had a problem where he's not been, you know, a super good finisher at the rim. But he's still playing what he does. Or he's still, you know, playing good defense. He's still going to continue, continue to play make. Um, hopefully, one of these games, he's going to hit like five or six threes. And it's going to kind of put him back on track. And at least that's what I hope. Yeah, yeah I think you got to Got to get more breaths in my bad D Mills, but yeah, he was two of seven and, that, and they all were threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Mike said, that's why Alonzo Ball um, is loved so much from just a basketball standpoint, not because of the hype and the celebrity, but just from a, a basketball standpoint. Is even when he's not scoring, 
he still can impact the game with the passes. He had a beautiful pass to Drew Holiday last night mm -hmm. uh, all down the court, and he got the and one. And then defensively, he still brings value. He rebounds the ball well. I think he had like four steals. So, you know, when a shot not falling, Alonzo can still be a valuable player. Yeah, when the shot starts falling, I think it's just his confidence comes back. Right now, it's not falling, so I think he's just lacking that confidence. And he's the type of dude where if his shot's not falling, you can definitely tell he regresses with his aggression. And when it is falling, then he's being very aggressive and getting to the rim, shooting threes off the dribble. Like, it's just a confidence thing right now. I think the encouraging thing, though, for him is he's, you know, continuing to take them. He's him knocking down that shot is, is pretty crucial, I think, just to keep that spacing and keep defenses honest. And I think it just helps his game a lot more because it, it builds the confidence for one. And now I think it just opens up for easier driving lanes as well for him to get confidence at the rim as well. The next thing we have is the 76ers in the bubble. They are one and one. They had that loss to um, TJ Warren. Oh, yeah. yeah TJ Warren. TJ Warren. <laughs> And then they they barely got out against the Spurs where they blew yeah, that. Spurs, they blew that. No, no, yeah, the 76ers first. blew it first. They were up at like fourteen in the yeah. fourth quarter and yeah, gave it away. Um, but then, yeah, the, the Spurs was yeah the Spurs were right here and just couldn't put it together. And I was I was hoping that they did because it would have been so much better for the storylines if the Spurs yeah. came into here oh, yeah. undefeated and then the 76ers struggle. Um, but through these two games, Joel Embiid has looked about as dominant as ever. Like, there's, mm -hmm. they haven't went against anybody that can stop him. He always destroys Miles Turner. And then in this game, Jakobotos, he's a decent center, but, like, he's so thin, he ain't really got the muscle. And then they had Drew Ebanks on him for a time. It's like, Joel is going he's, he's gonna to eat up, and he did. Mm -hmm. And luckily, they closed out this game. Because me and Mike were watching late game. And Tobias Harris hit like all backboard on the on the middle. Oh yeah, yeah, that was when they took Simmons out. Right, and they, they started like, to run the offense with Tobias, and I was like, no, don't do it. Just go to Embiid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I honestly, they they lucked out to a small bit because on that last play, the one that Shake Milton hit his three. Dejounte Murray is a great defender. We all know that he's an all defensive level uh, defender, but he had like this mental lapse where he dug so deep on Joel Embiid. No, no, it was Al Horford. It wasn't even Joel Embiid. It was Al Horford. He dug so hard on the Joel Embiid. I mean, on the Al Horford dunking, he left one of the few shooters on the court wide open. It's <laughs> yeah. like they Dejounte Murray is not going to make that mistake two times in a single game. It just happened at the end of the game. That's a mistake. If that's what the decide the deciding was. Cause sometimes you'll say we'll we'll lose to that we'll lose to Shake Milton hitting that three. Because don't, the way the defense was on, yeah, I, I get the Horford thing, but the way the defense played, it looked like the communication in the huddle was Joel Embiid cannot beat us. Yeah. And sometimes That's, sometimes people will live like that and die by that. But listen, we're going we'll rather live with Shake Milton shooting the three. Of course, not wide open. Let's get some type of hand yeah. up. Of course. But Joel gets it in there, and he's either scoring or he's getting fouled. Yeah. Yeah, we I don't mean, want they, it in that way. They were up two at that time, though. I would just say the two, the two doesn't beat us. The two, we go to OT, that's and that, that's too. the worst thing. A three beats us, and then we, you know, we might not even get a chance to get a shot up. So and that's they, why I say I, I could say maybe it was a coaching decision. They said let's make sure it is nothing easy for Joel or, or whatnot. But – I, I don't know. I was looking at it. I was seeing people were uh, saying DeJounte had made a couple bonehead plays during that, just like the late stretch, even though he played well. And, and that's kind of the thing with him is that 
you know, he's still a young dude and he kind of just, you know, he might have those little brain farts or whatnot. That happens, but that's why I'm saying if if that's what we're communicating, then I don't want to call it a brain fart. You just did something too too much. I'm not saying he did what they, I'm not saying they asked him to do right. that, but I if think the emphasis is on not letting this happen, a player could overly play it. And then at, at that point, it ain't a brain fart. A brain fart would be if your assignment was to stay on fucking Shake Milton and you left anyway, then that then that's a lapse. That's a brain fart. But if our I assignment think, is we're not letting this happen, but I overly commit by a little bit more than I, then yeah. But hat off to Shake Milton. And the three was a little, it went in, but it wasn't like a, you dig it. It was like, ah, yeah. oh, oh, okay, it went in. And Joel and B <laughs> was the first to congratulate him, which was good to see because the other night Joel told me he's going to slap the shit out of him. So, uh, which was wild to me. Wait, wait, why did he tell him that? I think had, uh, I didn't hear this. Hall, but he, had a, he had a he had a he had like three or four. Yeah, TJ McConnell was on their ass. So, so what had happened was they had a pick and roll situation. Was Shake Milton and and Joel and B were the defenders. They didn't communicate enough. They got uh, the Pacers got an easy bucket doom. And then Joel and B's talking to him, and he launches the ball at Shake Milton. And Shake Milton gets. He's like, bro, what did you want? And then TJ McConnell sneaks his ass up, steals the ball from him, and it goes to another Pacer layup, timeout, and then they get into the huddle, and now they're arguing. About Before the timeout, though, they he scored. They got the ball back again, and Shake Milton went down there and traveled. No, okay. <laughs> that had the, the the pick and roll, the steal. Then he went down there and traveled, and Joel B was like, and you can see. Shake Mill said, slap the shit out of who? And then Joel <laughs> B turned around like, I'm gonna slap the shit out of him. And, then, <laughs> and that was that was just a wild thing to see. But they congratulate each other. Ben Simmons, you have to be better, brother. You have to be better. Mm-hmm. Eight points. It's unacceptable. Fouling oh, out. Yeah. Um, but he will be better. Uh MB, I, I I like what I'm seeing from MB. We do, I just want to see it in the series. That's all. I want to mm-hmm. see it in the series. He needs it. We again, like Aaron Gordon, we see that you're capable. Now we're going to need the results fully healthy. We don't have to worry about you going and doing anything that, that can get you in any type of trouble because we're in a bubble now. So we're good. Let, let, let's get this type of dominance in a playoff series. Yeah. And he's a type of center where regardless of the matchup, we know that he can still get anybody to work. Yeah. I know we're going to this I mean, weak competition right now. In the last couple of years, I think him just playing was his big thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we didn't even get that, though. Yeah. Would, I mean, last year, you think about it, that shot don't go in. Maybe they go to OT and, and they move on to the conference finals instead of Toronto. So yeah. it was just literally, you know, a couple bounces away from the But we also seen times in that playoffs where he wasn't 100%. Even when he played, he was sick yeah. and his stomach was hurting. Exactly. He got a boo-boo at the first quarter, like, different things. And, and Zion reminds me of him in, in a certain sense of the way that they play. There was times just that it was Zion just fall all over the floor. Just like I'm like, bro, you literally falling on your ass, bro. Just relax. You gonna hurt yourself, bro. Either way, it's a big win for the 76ers. The remaining schedule for them: Wizards, Magic, Blazers, Suns, Raptors, Rockets. So they have a couple like pretty easy games there they can ramp up. Um, I think this team is very, again, a very confusing team. Then you, like some games, you get that backcourt of shake and. and Josh Richardson, like the first game, I think they have four total points together. Four points. Four points. It's like unac- unacceptable for them. But we're gonna talk about the pay. We're gonna we'll talk about the Pacers game once we get there. But overall, Philly doing Philly things just confusing the hell out of everybody. 
Um, next team out west will have to be the Spurs. And we kind of talked about them going hand in hand. But I really like what the Spurs are doing. They're two and one right now. Um, and we were talking about it yesterday, last night. And because of LaMarcus Aldridge not being there, they're able to run like the super small lineup with DeMar DeRozan basically playing power forward. And it hasn't yeah. hindered them because for the most part, they're actually running a zone. And the, the zone has been effective against everybody except for Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, I even seen Rudy Gabe uh, out there at the center spot and DeMar was alongside with him. Uh-huh. So everyone's super small and it's, I guess it's giving him, you know, kind of that, that thing he basically had last year where it was basically him and he just faced out the floor and I'm going to beat my man and I'm going to drive and kick. But I think the difference is, is he's just, they're learning how to win with it, you know? Because yeah. that, that was the only thing. Uh, if I heard right, um, earlier this season, the Spurs had the most fourth quarter leads blown. So that shows that, you know, they just really couldn't close it out. Yeah. And all honestly, it looks like they just out there having fun. Like they know that they have something to play for, but it seems like they're not really putting that much pressure on. They just kind of enjoying themselves. Like you even see Pop like laughing on the bench and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's not all serious, even though they want to win. But I feel like they just kind of taking this one game at a time. Like we just going to see what we could do here. And I like what I'm seeing from DeRozan. DeRozan is really stuffing the stat sheet. He really closing out games. And uh, I'm actually surprised to see how well they're playing without Demarcus, because yeah. you know he's an All Star, one of the best five fours in the league. He usually don't see teams. Well, he was, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know where you'll see teams lose that big of a piece and then look better. Well, it just opens the game up so much for Demar, right? I mean, they were sitting yeah. next to each other on the on the on the the uh, the free throw line for most of the season. It felt like, and now it just opens the game up because they're running lineups with shooters. You know what I'm saying? These young yeah. guys on the roster, they all can yeah, shoot. Derek White has been really good. Dejounte Murray's been really good in the bubble. Um, who who else? Uh, Keldon Johnson just had a great game. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say you gotta you gotta leave it up to the rotations that that Pop has been putting out there now with like the with LA being out and the young guys been playing so well and they've been playing de- a little bit of defense too you know no, defense has so, been good that's my biggest thing is everything is a blessing and a curse LaMarcus Aldridge obviously you lose LaMarcus Aldridge's production and what he can offer but I think it opens up the game on the floor like Contreras just hinted at with DeRozan but it also opens up minutes and we get to see Keldon Johnson's we get to see Lonnie Walker's not just getting the game but play they're able to make mistakes because those minutes have to be replaced so now they have a longer leash because there's nobody that can come and just absorb all of those minutes from them. So they get to play more freely. And that's why it may seem like they're having more fun, but it's just the young guys are out there playing on a longer leash. You know what I mean? Lonnie Walker doesn't have to overly think or over, overly complicate because he knows there's not a LaMarcus that's going to take those minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's just all of the young guys trying to absorb absorb those, those minutes and those opportunities. And I think they're doing a good job. Keldon Johnson, when he got drafted, I said – it was a damn shame that they let him fall to the Spurs again. They let one of they let they keep letting these guys fall to the San Antonio Spurs late in these drafts, the same way Dejounte Murray did. You know, Derek White. Um, so I like them. I, I I really was rooting for them to win that game against the Sixers. Y'all know I like the Sixers, but they're in the playoffs. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. The the Spurs winning that game just makes all the way. It just makes the West more chaotic. Uh, I was really hoping DeRozan took that shot and didn't shovel it to Jacopoto. But, I mean, yeah, you'd like yeah. to see that from DeRozan because um, that's a DeRozan I feel like we wouldn't have saw years ago. Mm-hmm. He would just got that, that yeah, his play His playmaking is a lot better these years. Yeah. Um, and I wish you would have took that shot, though. I wish you would have took that shot. I really wanted to see them win that I game. Do. There, was a, there was a couple of uh, games where I feel like the, the closing guys, they should have just took the shot rather than trying to make that play. And it, it was, again, I'm all for the right play. But I'm also about, like, 
getting a shot up to getting a nice look. I think that Yakapoto was kind of like a 50 50 thing because yeah, we, we don't know, right play, we don't know if Yakapoto is you know gonna finish that one not. or two if they're gonna give him that call, which I, they're probably not. I, 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 do, yes. so, I mean, I just have to think that Yakapoto ain't finishing it. Yeah, and Demar was the high <laughs> hand at the moment too. Like he had, he had been killing him before. He made shots like that before. He has a history of doing that. And just um, the last game, he drew the foul to win the game. So like he, he yeah. knows what he's doing for the most part. It's just this I like this though. To. I like this. I, I man, um, I know I, I don't want to start any rumors, but I mean they may have to look at some things differently whenever Lamar comes back. Lamar just comes back. Yeah. Um, you have to whether that's playing him at the at, off the bench at the five. I mean, I'm I'm just throwing shit out here. Because, I mean, uh, I, think I don't know how gruesome his injury is, but, I, you know, he's only getting older and uh, surgeries at that age doesn't help at all. No, um, I think, honestly, at this point, he he's still an all-star level player, but I think he definitely is going to start molding into, like, an off-the-bench type dude just because, I mean, his post game is always going to be effective and he can still spread the floor a little bit. But I think it's just going to... Those heavy minutes and him battling, bumping, uh, I think it's just going to take too much on his body, especially like after injury. So him coming off the bench and limited minutes, maybe he played 20, 25 minutes, and it's just going to prolong his career, I think. That man's 35 already. God, yeah. it do not feel like he's been in the league for, for that long to be 35, but there he is, 35. When his contract is up, he'll be like 38. Man, they got to they gotta make some moves, though. They got to send him back to Portland. He want to go there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I put my money on DeRozan versus Lamarcus if I had to come down to it. Um, hey, oh, Bleacher Report actually has a trade about him going back to Portland. Tell me what y'all think about this. <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge for Trevor Rees and Rodney Hood. Hell to the year. Hell to the year. What the hell? Who wouldn't do that deal? Especially since uh, the emergence of Gary Trent. Like, yeah. With, with the emergence of that, I don't. Rodney Hood, it's it, it's gonna be tough getting him back in the mix. The Blazers have looked good, and Trevor Reza ain't been a damn. He ain't even been on the floor. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, deal. you probably do. You think about it, but then you got Whiteside. Whiteside, oh, well. I don't he, think he, Whiteside doesn't come back. He's gonna yeah, be gone. Yeah, he doesn't come and back. And LA yeah. could be maybe your backup five. You already have Myers Leonard and uh, uh, I'm I'm he'll be gone. Myers Leonard in Miami. Not Myers Leonard. Who am I to think about? Think about Zach Collins. Zach Collins. But you still got Zach Collins who can come in and play the Fab too, and you can kind of switch up that rotation. So I mean, I like I like LA back and forth, and it also gives him just like a, a low post presence. Period. You know, yeah. Damian Lillard shot struggling like in the second quarter or whatever. Let's roll Lamarcus out. Let him, let him get a ten point. Hey, in all seriousness, Lamarcus is probably gonna end up in somewhere he don't belong. Like Sacramento is gonna be like, y'all want buddy here? <laughs> 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 Their history, they're going to do some wild-ass shit, and it's going to be something crazy. The rest of the Spurs schedule is Nuggets tomorrow. Then we got Jazz, Pelicans, Rockets, Jazz again. So they're going through a little tough stretch, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll really see how they are because, again, they beat up on the Kings, who suck. They beat the Grizzlies, big win, and then a close loss to Philly. So we'll see what the Spurs uh Grizzlies got left. Game was close too, man. Those last two games are very, very close, literally down. No, Dylan Brooks is beating himself up with that foul. Yeah, so it's a, a veteran some versus big a young throws missed too as well. Who was it, Derek White who missed that free throw? Derek White missed, missed a free throw three. and CP3 missed one. CP3 missed a free throw. Um, a game It was a while ago, but the game against the Rockets, Seth Curry missed a free throw, Seth which, two, I mean, that would have, yeah, that would have put them up. Yeah, so. Next team is the Indiana Pacers, 2-0 in the bubble. TJ Warren has been dominating 50-plus and then a 30-piece 
Uh, just been just been killing the game, man. Who would have thought that TJ Warren would be the story of the bubble? A few games in, like he would be the hottest man in the league. Hottest it's good, man. Game. We needed somebody uh, unexpected to be that to be that person. Um, but yeah, it's just hot right now. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see how the rest of the bubble, not the rest of the bubble, but the rest of these eight games play out for him. I think that what they got six more games. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he does against that. He's definitely rolling, has confidence because after 50, um, it was like, how is the next game gonna be? And he put up a 30 point double double. So I mean, he's rolling. He's taking it into some momentum. Hope hopefully he can keep keep it going. They're definitely allowing him to to do what he has to do, um, and feeding them. But I think for them to be two and zero, I mean. Yeah, they beat the Wizards. The 76ers was a big win. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can if they can hold steady, we got to start giving some uh, praise to Nate McMillan, man. He's no, fine. Yeah. Guys go down, that, man. That's a, that's a guy. He's been making it work for them. It's supposed to be a big loss. He's been making it work for them, man. He, they definitely just keep that identity of there's some Bulldogs out there, and they're they going to fight, and they're going to be grit and grindy out there. But, I mean, I've been pressed with the Aaron Holiday, you know, because they had some guards that have been missing time. Um, TJ McConnell has really been stepping up and yep. they just been playing, you know, well with what they got. And like I said, uh, props to Nate McMillan for making it work. Yeah. I was watching that Philly game. Why wasn't Philly double teaming him? Like at some point, why would they just let him play one on one? That they got an all NBA so defender. High, they got an all NBA defender. Yeah, but, bro, I know, but it's still when a guy giving you that many points. Yeah, it was literally a play, bro, where like he was just. TJ Moore. You said what? I'm not double teaming that shit. He's hot. I mean, we. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not double. Team. He's make. Let him make shots. It was literally a play, bro. Like he. He just couldn't miss. It was a play where Benson. Benson was a dude guarding him, and Ben Simmons had made it. He had made a layup, and he had like fell down on the floor. He was a little slow to get up, and T.J. Warren just walked up court, caught the ball, and just choked it. I know Ben Simmons was mad. Ain't nobody help him out or nothing. <laughs> yeah, nobody picked him up. Nobody. No, picked I did him up. one time. Like one time during a timeout, like he was walking to the bench. And he went to Brett Brown. Just like he not missing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was trying to tell Mike like a lot of that shit was hard to guard because it was coming off a screen and they didn't really have good communication on how to describe I've seen him like get a, like a lot of clean looks because it's like Ben is getting hit by the screen but then whoever's the big whether it's Horford or, or Embiid or whatever I mean it was still some of the possessions where also TJ Warren was just deep and I don't think Ben Simmons expected him to just no, shoot yeah, from once you're hot yeah, wrong, he, I mean, yeah. a hot player is a hot player I mean when you're scoring 50 you're a damn TJ Warren hot. always been a bucket yeah, you can't forget about that. You got like his true career is crazy. That. Is, uh, that that's why he got drafted. He was a he had some performances like this in college. Tony Buckets, man. Y'all remember like three years ago he couldn't hit a three to save his life, and now he's like one of the best three point percentage people in the NBA. It's just you know what I'm saying a couple off seasons can he, can do wonders. He, that, he improved with the Suns, which is why I was confusing that they can. Catch Hopefully, some of that rub off, rub off on the Ben Simmons that he get that three. <laughs> he faked uh, us out, bro. He faked us out in that first scrimmage game, bro. He ain't took one since then. That's fool. He do bro. that every year, bro. Every preseason and stuff, he start baiting us with that he's shooting threes. That's fool's going anyway. He do that here. Here, this is what y'all been asking for. And then we get it. They upload it to House of Highlights, and then he'll never do it again. TJ Warren yeah. got to show me what he going to do in the seven-game series. That's fool's gold. Well, tonight they play against the Magic. And if he have another 30-piece, I mean... I can't really say much. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. They ain't got no, shit to do. Nobody out there uh, trying to take no shots away from him. He'll probably get 30. Go ahead. But the seven-game series is where they're going to need the shits. Mm-hmm. Um, if, did V.O. play 
Yes, Dio did not play last game, but uh, Malcolm Brogdon came back though, so that was good to see him on the court again. Um, with TJ, I mean, with TJ rolling like this, it makes it makes me not want them to make any moves. I want to see this team at full strength now, and I know that could be, you know, complicated because we've seen stories like that, you know, Boston Celtics, where it's like they're doing all of this without those guys. You just add them to the peak, but you know, Nate, Nate McMillan does a very good job with limited resources, so I would love yeah. to see him with a full yeah. ring. Next thing we have the Portland Trailblazers, one and one in the bubble. Was this close to coming back from down 20 against the Boston Celtics? Dame got hot. CJ hit some shots. I'm going to let D. Mills take yes, over please. first as the, the Portland Trailblazer fan here. How you feeling about your squad at the ninth seed right now? I'm just really loving what I'm seeing from Nurk. He's really showing that he was still that dude. Like, I remember on a few, like, when they lost that series against the Warriors, I was like, if we had Nurk, He's impactful to where that might have been an extended series. And y'all said, he is not that good. You overhyping him. And I was like, no, he is that good. No, and, this is revisionist history. You didn't say extend the series. You said they were going to win the series. That's different. That's way different they than extended. I said they could extend it or win. They could extend nobody, it or win. Nobody said he was garbage. But I don't think he changes the series. I, I stand on it. I don't think he changes that series. They don't. He doesn't change it from them getting their ass swept to them winning the series. Like no, that's you need all, LeBron. Dude. You need KD. You need that type of player. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Can, what's up? Because what, I was asked this, and I, it made me want to know what you thought. Uh, what do you rank him as, as centers? Um, he's top five when he's healthy, because he does so much. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably put him around seven-ish without really right. looking. Top five easily to you? Well, when he was healthy, at that time he was. Uh, now, I mean, what do we got? Cat, you have the B, Jokic. Yeah, and Rudy. Rudy Gobert. Who's the fifth? You could put Vucevic. Uh, 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 Drummond, Valanchunas is in that mix. Whoever mm-hmm. you want to, you know what I mean? And honestly, I would take Nurk over them. Nurkic might be there. I might be with you, D-Mills. I, I, I'm going to take Vucevic over Nurkic, personally. I would take Nurk. Hmm. I feel like Nurk offers way more. Yeah, I think, I think he's a solid playmaker. He it could be arguable, bro. Because, I mean, Nurkic. Yeah. Everything is all of that is arguable. But I'm saying Nurkic has been playing pretty good, like, two-way-wise. He can give you 30, and he's he already everything. playing some pretty damn good defense. I mean, he, he's definitely got to climb the ranks in terms of the top centers. Yeah, I, don't really no, I don't see Vucevic getting six blocks and like three steals in a game. Like, I don't see. We seem to see him do it for an extent, instant period of time. Like this yeah, version of Vucevic. I mean, this version of Nurkic is amazing, right? Um, even now he's yeah. starting to expand his range and take three pointers. He add that to his game, add his ass to top five for sure. Um, but we need to see for a spirit a extended period of time. It's just great to see he come off this gruesome injury and immediately comes back and is putting up yeah. ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Like there was I mean, no I, cold period. That's a three month hiatus to let him get fully healthy. No rush. Because I know the, the whole time during his rehab, he was like, "Man, I know this injury is not because it was a it was a it was a gruesome injury, but it's not like he had tore ACL and it was a clean break. Mm-hmm. So obviously coming back, the bone was probably stronger too at this point. But throughout the kind of downward season that Portland had, they got a lot of bright spots now, especially yeah. Gary Trent. Melo is, he's been Melo. I mean, he's hitting timely shots good. when when they need it. And I mean, they starting to add their defensive prowess back to that team. Uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, don't let them get hot. Right. It, as hard as it, hard it is, don't let them get hot because you can lose that game, like immediately. So, Gary yep. Trent's been Boston one of the best stories of the bubble, man. Mm-hmm. 
defense has been amazing. It seems like he he's can't miss from three. three. Yeah, he's just he's it's, been really really his good. His swag is just better than when he uh than, than when he was first arrived there. He's playing like he know he belongs on the floor, uh, and that's always good to see. But I was just yes, curious. Uh, it's crazy because this was supposed to be like Anthony Simon's breakout year, <laughs> but it turned he Gary Trent hey. said, Nah, this my shit. <laughs> hey, Gary Trent gonna play if he can shoot the ball well because I mean, that's what probably kept Anthony Simons out there the most is he shot the ball so well. But Gary Trent adding the defense or two, and you know, you know, that perimeter defense, they definitely gonna need an uh, if time come time for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It'll be hard for Anthony to really break out the way. People think he can, right? Just because, because at this point you have to be able to play alongside CJ and Dame, and also play defense alongside. His moment is him. His moment is him doing his thing, and even when he has, if he has, uh, like, do the they play today? Uh, they play today against the Rockets. Let's just say, uh, he he starts off off the bench hot, and Dame is a little cool. They're not going to be like, oh, Dame, we're going to sit you uh, a little bit longer. No, Dame is going to get it. He's going to come in, and that shit's going to have to stop. So he's never going to get the, the the super big opportunity, unfortunately. But what I still you hope have though is that he's that. just he's just learning from Dame and CJ in these times that he's there. That's all you can really yeah, hope for for a guy like him. And then uh, get your ass thrown into a trade to the Knicks or something like that, and then <laughs> know that you've learned everything and be a breakout star. Right. <laughs> uh, the rest of the Trailblazer schedule is, is tough. They got Rockets tonight. They have Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks. Then they got the easy one in the the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. So they're the ninth seed right now, but they have one of the toughest schedules remaining in the entire league. Yeah. You got to see if they can keep it up. This what they're making them dangerous. If they, yeah. can win, if they can stay steady with these games and, and take that momentum into playing a, a Laker team, woo! Yeah. Uh, the Blazer team, you we we as a Laker fan, I, I already know my damn so we can't sleep on no Blazer team, especially a Damian Lillard. He turned up and he want to drop fifty every damn game. So I mean, that Memphis has a very tough schedule too. Yeah. So but let's go thing, to Memphis. We're not we're not gonna switch over to the Eastern Conference. Let's go right into Memphis. Um, one of the few teams in the bubble still that have not got a W. They're zero and three. Um, a lot of them been really close games, but ultimately cannot close it out. I so how do y'all feel about these Grizzlies right now? I, I feel like, like John Morant's struggling to put the ball in the hole, honestly. I feel like that's kind of their big issue. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been huge. He's been mm-hmm. playing defensively. He's been when he has guards on him, I'm actually surprised that he's actually posting them up, getting down low. When he has a big on him, he's shooting the three. So like he's definitely showing his versatility. And that's why I tweeted yesterday, like, man, this dude's ceiling is just so high because he could just do so much and he's only what? 22, 23. Not even. So like, and I really like what I'm seeing from Dylan Brooks. He has some moments, but he could definitely be better. I'm, I'm exact opposite, bro. Dylan Brooks makes me mad sometimes. He'll, no, he he'll does. just, he he like just he come up to... and just throw it. I'm like, bro, yeah. can we, It can was we... a couple of times. It definitely was a couple of times where, like, Jai was like, swing the ball, swing the ball back, like, my way or whatever. And Dylan Brooks kind of not waved him out, but damn near. And he mm-hmm. goes and chucks up a shot. That's how but... Dylan Brooks plays. That's, that's yeah. his play type. And you, yeah. you would want him just to be at least a little bit better before he start playing like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if that's <laughs> the way he is, if that's who he is, that's who he is. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've been super impressed with the Grizzlies. I know they haven't been pulling out the games. Why are you looking? Why are you looking like I'm that? listening? I'm listening. No, no. I mean, I think they've been playing well. I think they're kind of running into the young, the the young. Yeah, you mean my man? Stop his whole right. shit. 
Like, he just looked at me like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're right. You should just keep nah, fuck with anybody got to say. Yeah. yeah. I, it's nah, just weird they, to me to I say you've been impressed them. when their their whole playoff life is on the line. They need yeah. to close out these games if they want to stick into the playoffs. That's all. I know, I know, I know. But at this point, it's looking like they playoff hopes is out of is out of the out of the picture at this point. With the I, not at all. Not at all. Out of the picture. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be real yeah, the tough. Have a tough schedule. They they it was always mean, gonna be tough, even if they it's gonna be tough now. Because I mean, they the games they needed to win, which probably these early on games to definitely get them kind of rolling. They weren't able to take it, but like I said, uh, John Morant, I've been super impressed with him. I know last game he didn't struggle or he kind of struggled to put the ball in the basket, but I mean, he's, he's still going to impact the game heavily and carry the offense. Jaron Jackson Jr. been on a different level. I see, know, I see what you mean, though, because these first three games are their easier games, right? They had right. Uh, they had Trailblazers, a team beneath them, the Spurs, a team beneath them, Pelicans, a team beneath them, and now they have Jazz, who haven't been amazing, but they're still pretty a decent team. They have OKC. They have Raptors, they have Celtics, and they have Bucks. Like, there's a chance, uh, maybe a, slow, not, a low chance. They may not win a game. I know, and yeah. that's why I was saying their playoff chances are looking a little like they're looking a little slimmer as we go by, just because they didn't pick up one of those earlier games. But, but what I'm know. saying is they still have such a lead that mm-hmm. they were the yeah, eight. Yeah, spot they're probably being in that playoff. The playoff. And the they're playoff in the playoffs game. for a reason. So they can beat any of these teams. Yeah, it's a chance mm-hmm. they can not win any any game, but it's also a chance that they could play win more games against better competition than mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite you would think that they would beat up on the easier teams but they're a good enough team to be able I mean, to hey, the more you're the more you're on the you're on the court the more time you have to get rolling so i can't really put anything in it they play too terrible like you That's said. What I said i've been, I've been impressed with them i've been impressed with I, i've been impressed with them like like i said they're a super young team and i mean them coming back next year they don't look even better i'm just happy to see like what d mill said with the times that i saw jaron jackson have like a drew holiday in the post Abused their ass immediately. Swift yeah. dunk, dunk. Simple. Yeah. Simple as hell. Grayson Allen had 19 at halftime. I'm in a grocery <laughs> store getting shit for dinner. I'm trying yeah, to check on the game. On the floor quick too, run, and he got 19 at halftime. Uh so that was that was that was crazy. Um, but yeah, I like I like slow, I like seeing slow more out there. I like their team, man. I like I like their team. Uh Valentunas be trying to be out there bullying people. Uh but yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> they gotta close out games. Uh, but it just makes it all more dramatic to me, and that's all I want. I want the dramatics. I want all of these teams to be as close as possible. That's why I'm rooting for Phoenix to win their next five. Um, I wanted the Spurs to win. I love the Pelicans beating the the Memphis Grit. I, I love all of this shit, man, I, and I hope it keeps up. Uh, next team we're going to transition to is the Miami Heat. They are 1-1. One one. They had a – a win, a big win against the Nuggets, who were kind of depleted, and then they just lost to the Raps. Uh, I can't wait till we talk about the Raps because they, you know, what I'm saying they looking good. But what do, what have y'all seen? How are y'all feeling about the Heat so far? Um, I think the Heat have been basically continuing what they did, you know, during the regular season, which is, you know, they've been playing team ball and they've been playing it well. They've added uh, vets, like you said, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder. I've seen them kind of even plug in Andre Iguodala just like late in that game. Uh, against that rap just for the defensive part as soon as you know that plays over let me switch Tyler here and throw him out here but I've been impressed with them like I said during, uh, one of those plays where I said that I think the closing guy just got to take that shot Jimmy Butler had it on the island and he tried to throw it to Goran Dragic which like I'm, a, I'm always a fan of making the right play but I think you got to get yours right there um, you know he's got 10 seconds left he on the island and it's he may not be like that that they gonna need him to be, and that's gonna be you know one of the issues though. Jimmy Butler had two costly turnovers late in this game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah. That one where Goran Dragic came off his hand, and then one where he kind of just threw it away. Um, and obviously that that was the reason, or that was the the last couple possessions of the game for them. Overall, I'm still looking at this roster and thinking like they could make some noise even after this loss. It's just like they're they're a very deep team. They did not have Duncan Robinson on uh, last night. He he's finished with three total points, and obviously him shooting the ball is why he's out there. And just like every player in their rotation, I can see and be like, that's a good player. That's a good player. That's a good player. And at the end of the day, you need good players to win games. Yeah, yeah definitely like team, which is why I'm not going to, like, overanalyze this game because they did come out and beat the Nuggets when they were supposed to, even though the Nuggets had Jamal Murray. But that's definitely a game where you can see them maybe underpreparing and thinking, like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then they came out and they took care of business. Uh, but they, they ran into a good Raptors team as defensively out here. Prairie Van Fleet went off. So, I mean, they kind of just – they just lost a, to a good team. Tonight they played the Celtics. So I guess maybe we could really dive into them deeper, a little bit deeper after seeing them play another good team that's fully healthy. So yeah, I'm uh yeah I'm still I'm still the same I felt on Miami. They lost. You lose. It's a lose. You know, losing is okay. It doesn't. You know what I mean? Like I'm fine with them losing a four point game to the Raptors. And the game was a lot closer than the four. They just had to foul at the end. Um, and yeah, Fred Van Fleet had 36. So you lose to the Raptors when Fred Van Fleet has 36 points. I think you're pretty okay with that. Uh, I, I, I like to see Drogic being as uh, aggressive and as, as as good as he was. Like Mike said, I like to see the different things. Jay Crowder, they were down six. He hit a big three to make it a three-point game. Um, Iggy, made the pa- Iggy made the pass to Drogic to tie the game in the, in the corner, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Tyler Hero came in. He hit some shots. Gore, uh, Duncan Robinson, yeah, he only had three points. Just just one three to keep that, that streak alive, uh, the three-point shot streak alive. So he was like, fuck it, that's all I need. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy could have, you know, not made one of those turnovers or whatnot, but it happens as basketball. You learn from it. But, again, I still feel like they play really well against a, a really good Raptors team who also had a guy who's not – Usually scoring thirty six, go off at thirty six. So I think I think you know you you always want to win, but it's something that they can still pat themselves on the back that they, they you know they were right there. Um. So yeah, they play the Celtics today. You say? Yep. It's yeah. going to be another good game. Um. And uh, I, I expect them to play the same way. I expect win or lose, win or lose, they should be really uh into this game because they're so deep, like KB said. Next team's the Dallas Mavericks, another one of the teams that is uh, winless. But today they go against the Kings, and that should be that should be that first win. They lost that overtime game to the Rockets, and then they just lost to the Suns that we mentioned earlier. So how are y'all looking at these Mavericks teams? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Um, offensively, again, amazing. You know what I'm saying? That first game, I wish again, I wish we were able to put out that episode from uh, a couple days ago, but we went pretty in depth about this game. Magic um, fans would have loved that episode. We talked about the Magic for almost 20 minutes. We sure did. We sure did. And maybe that's the reason why I got corrupted. The world's like, <laughs> nobody want to hit a Magic <laughs> it conversation. about Aaron Gordon being traded. But, yeah. you know. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, man. Obviously, Luke and them have been have been really good. They ain't been able to really put it together just yet. Like, you'll have a game with Tim Hardaway Jr. is really good, but Seth Curry can't do anything, and vice versa. Tim Hardaway Jr. was like 0 for 8 in the last game from 3 or something crazy like that. They haven't been able to put it completely together just yet. But, again, they got a layup today, and this should be this should be the game. Mm-hmm. Well, KB, I I think that's who they are. I think that's, I think that's the thing. Uh, I think that's why when a lot of – 
times they come up in these little articles or whatnot, it's about them getting a Victor Oladipo, a guy like that that can be another consistent guy that they can count on day in and day out because Tim Hardaway Jr., as good as his moments can be for them, I think he's just not a guy that you can count on night in and night out. Same thing with Seth Curry. As good as they can be with their moments, they're not – you don't want to have them be a guy that you're relying on that much. I'm not right. trying to disrespect them because they are solid and good players and they've they've contributed to them being the number one offense. But, again, it's different. Seth Curry and Victor Oladipo, it's just a big difference. But they have Przingis and Luka, so I think they still have enough to make a run that I think that they will make and can make this year. Not a championship run, but I think they'll they'll compete with some people um, if possibly could upset somebody uh, if the dominoes all fall right into play. But I think it starts with Luka. Luka is a guy that I think is an MVP contender um, and, and a guy that was on that ladder. Obviously, Giannis is the MVP. But the way that I view and value MVPs, I just like when guys are significantly um, helping the team. And I know Giannis is helping the team, but we've also seen them be dominant when he's not on the floor. Um, and I feel like the Mavericks without Luka just not – they're not even competing. So I want to see Luka be more of a – and I know he's still young and he's learning, and these are the first meaningful games that he's played and things like that. But I want to see him be a little bit better when it's time to close out games because in both games, yes. I had moments that I wanted to see better. Against the Rockets, um, before it went into overtime, they had about three seconds, and the shot that he took I just wasn't a fan of because he's a lot more better than that. A one-legged fadeaway, yeah. deep three, falling out of bounds. It's just not – that cute-ass shit, the theatrics – that's not the time to do it. It would have looked, it would have been spectacular if he made it and Luca Magic and all of that. But <laughs> it's, there's points and times for for Luca Magic and the theatrics. Um, and then uh, I'm last looking for this tweet real quick, and it has something to do with like his the way he finishes games, like his clutch numbers are like significantly lower than like the other yeah. guys at his level in the NBA. And yeah. then the last game against the Suns, he got two feet into the paint real deep. And he kicked it out to Przingis where I would have liked to see him head fake or just go up strong mm-hmm. and go off the glass to tie that game up. But they went for the win. And I heard one of the announcers say maybe that was a coaching thing. Maybe Rick La- Rick Carlisle is like, hey, we're in the playoffs. We're kind of where we're at. Um, so let's just go for the win. You know what I mean? But uh, I- I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, that, their big thing is just they haven't been able to close out games. The one against the Rockets, I feel like you're, it kind of hurt to lose that one. You're probably up eight with 40 seconds left. And that ends up you um, basically end up losing that game on a tip in from a uh, you don't get a rebound on a free throw, which mm-hmm. you never want to you never want just as a team period. But yeah. um, and then you also you're up a big amount on the Suns. You kind of let them dig back, and then you kind of drought yourself at the end. And the Suns are closing out while you're you now Devin Booker. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I know it's easy for them losing that game late without the D-Ball. Yeah, so I, I would say their their biggest problem is definitely just closing out the game, and two, they haven't been able to stop anybody. You know, they've been scoring their ass all bit. They're just giving up as just as many points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's coming from a team that was actually, like, solid defensively. They weren't great, but, like, they were actually able to get some stops sometimes. And, like, they're just not. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're really missing uh, Powell. Maybe that's really what it is. But I don't know. They just can't pull it together defensively. I am happy to see uh, Luke and KP being the duo, though, because it was for certain times in the season where it was, like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, we're waiting for them to be the top. You know what I mean? But they, they're rolling, and KP is looking crispy. He looking yeah, KP sharp. Looking, KP's looking like the all-star back in New York. Like, his confidence is – you could definitely tell he, he's he got the motor to want to, you know, make sure he's bullying people that are down low. Or even if he just has a height advantage, he's knocking down those uh, tough jumpers, you know, pretty consistently. So, it's good to see. 
So they have officially locked up their playoff spot, even though they haven't won, and they can't drop either. So they're just playing to climb this ladder for the rest of these. They have six games left. They have six games left. So they're just trying to climb a ladder. Two and a half games behind the six seed, who is the OKC Thunder, who will go to. One and one in the bubble. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has left to, to go see his wife, who was giving birth to their Congrats. kid. Uh, congratulations to him. But they could have used him yesterday. They needed him out there yesterday. That would have been a, probably a, a winning situation if Dennis Schroeder is hooping last night. But um, overall, we still get a CP3 being really good. He missed that that free throw. Is I know it's still bothering him today because that's, that's the game right there. That's the game if he hits both free throws. Um, Shea, big moments. You know what I'm saying? Came alive in that fourth quarter when they were down by a decent amount. Um, and again, they're, they're a roster that is good at the top, but then we start getting to like that seventh, eighth man, and you're like, oh, yeah. who do you trust on their bench when it's all said, when it's time for somebody to step up? Hey, one of my guys, you know, Nader, I've, I've always liked Nader on this OKC team. He had some moments, man, at three, a nice little pump fake pull in, mid range shot. He always gives some, you know, some effort defensively. But yeah, OKC, they definitely miss Schroeder. Um, and that's why you cut him a little slack on this loss because he would have definitely been a guy that would have gave them a little umph um, in, in overtime. Uh, but, man, this team is just real good, man. I can't wait for the playoffs to start to see who they play because they're going to be just like the the Mavericks. They're not going to be a pushover. I mean, Shea, Gallinari, Chris Paul, Schroeder, yeah. Adams is a bully. Uh, then, yeah, if you can get Roberson to give you some valuable minutes and, you know, like KB said, whoever they can trust in those point of times to give any valuable minutes, that makes them even even better. But I like this team a lot, man. Yeah, I think Chris Paul is, is super valuable during these times, especially like with this new bubble environment. It just feels like I said, like an AAU type feeling and teams are running up and down and a lot. And I feel like a lot of these times, you know, it's a close game. He's been one of those dudes who are like, okay, we can settle this down and he's going to pull it together and kind of, you know, lead them to a victory, which I think some teams are missing. Ain't it crazy that Chris Paul's like 36, 37, and you still can't switch a big onto him because it's still cook session? I mean, like, shit, that mid-range is money. The yeah, mid-range I know. Is, yeah. Basketball, man. Chris Paul ain't, you know, that's that's skill. I ain't surprised. Never made it difficult yeah. on himself. You know what I mean? That shot over ball ball was ridiculously nice, yeah. though. Um, but <laughs> I yeah. Why you, why you just gave him like two extra years on his life, making it seem like he the oldest man in the NBA? 36, How old is he, he was? He just turned 35. He said 37. Oh. He like he 36, 36, I thought. No, he just turned 35 this year. No, I'm saying I thought Derek said 36. I know, but even then, don't it don't it seem like it's making him a I lot got, older? I think I got the same birthday as Chris I Paul, mean, matter of fact. And what see. makes it it's May sound worse is him saying, like, isn't it surprising? Like, hell no, it's Chris Paul. <laughs> it's Chris Paul, yeah. man. That ain't gonna never go away. Yeah, that 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 won't ever. Um but I like this team, man. It took 37 from MPJ and a triple-double, 30-point triple-double from Jokic to beat him. So this mm -hmm. team is legit, yeah. man. This team is legit. And we'll get to the Nuggets, but the Thunder, th this playoff, it, it, this has potential to be such an impactful, incredible, uh, action-packed uh, playoff, man. I feel like I'm I'm waiting for that movie that they just premiered that you just know is going to be a bunch of action. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only had one field goal in overtime. That was yeah, like no, they, they stunk in, in OT. They did, and, and Jokic just dominated them. Yeah. So What's just, the direction for this team? They're not going to win a championship this year, but they're very, but they've been good. Um, so, I um I listened to a podcast with Zach Lowe and is it Royce Royce White, the insider for OKC? 
Yes. Maybe. Okay. So he was on that podcast and he was talking about that. This is the same question Zach Lowe asked because there's a couple different directions they can go. They can stick to what they have and build through the draft picks they got with that Clippers trade and with the Houston Rockets trade. Or they can say, okay, Chris Paul has been amazing for us this year. Let's capitalize on that and ditch this contract off to somebody else that sees his value. And then we let Shea and the other young pieces that we like build that way and kind of bottom out. I personally, if I was a GM, I'm sticking to us being good because it's fun. You bringing the fans in still, and you always still have those draft picks that you can use later. So that, that's the way direction I would go. But if if they decide to trade Chris Paul the first day they can this offseason, I can understand that too. I completely agree with you. I think they have a lot of you know with their young guards and Dennis Schroeder who's playing you know extremely well for them. I think they have enough that you know without CP3 and they get something in return, they can start, they can make some noise still. They can and win games. So I'm all for it. I think you keep CP3 until the right deal is on the table. You know, you just keep building through the draft. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with being good. There's nothing wrong with being good. And it, to be honest, you being good might make some people be like, hmm, maybe I won't, I might want to be that missing piece that they need to take them over the top. So, you know, it, yeah. it can happen. Okay, see, man. Okay, see. The right deal might be to your Knicks, according to Bleach Report. You want to hit his deal they put for CP? Throw it at me. Let me put my GM hat on. So and I'll say whether I approve or not. Chris Paul for Wayne Ellington. But wait, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, <laughs> Dennis Smith. Gotta put my GM hat on, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, <laughs> Y'all trading like half the roster in this month. Put my GM hat on. So is Chris Paul for Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nielakina, Kevin Knox, and a 2023 first. And all we get is Chris Paul. All you get is Chris Paul. The one piece for that sounds like you're depending on bringing some people in into free agency. The Rosen is out there. For me, it would just depend on a draft pick. I think a lot falls on the draft pick we have. I wouldn't mind it if we can get a solid pick that I like. Because nothing there, I'm I'm not committed to, to too much of anything. I mean, Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina, of course, but I mean Chris Paul showing. But it's tough because this is my thing for OKC and why this, it's this tough. is this is the Dallas pick, by the way. It's not one okay. of your personal picks; Dallas it's from pick. Dallas. Okay, then yeah, that that that's, that makes it even better. But the tough thing about CP3 is that he is 35. He will be turning 36. He had he does have injury history, and I don't know if we're gonna be. A good enough team to be able to make shit work if he had to miss games. Okay, see on the other hand, when you have Gallinari, you have Shea, you have Schroeder. If if Chris Paul needed to miss ten to ten to twelve games, I feel like they have enough to make it work to hold it down. You don't even have to be better, but if you can go six and six and maintain um, the balance of somebody missing a the game, then you'd be good. The Knicks, as of right now. They're right now, from what we know, we're not good enough to hold it down if Chris Paul had to miss time. Mm-hmm. So, like Mike said, if if you're bringing somebody else in, which the market isn't looking like there's going to be too much to bring in, but that's but that's just big name shit. I, I'm a believer that if you're bringing somebody like Chris Paul in, you don't need names. Obviously, you just need guys that can coincide and play a type of basketball that could work with him. Um, but we have some shit. I mean, I think Chris Paul would elevate the play of a Mitchell Robinson. Chris Paul could maybe show some things to R.J. Barrett. Hey, that's a Lob um, City 2.0 right there. You no, know, you feel me? So it's some things, Chris Paul, it's some value to bring in Chris Paul. Uh, but it just, it, it, it would have to depend on what else is coming. You know, is, is Melo going to, are we drafting Melo and making this trade? I, I don't know. 
You know, um, is there somebody on a free agency that could come? It doesn't have to be a max contract player, but somebody that can just be like, oh, that's that's a good player. You want Evan Fournier? Evan Fournier is going to be available. I think he I think he had a player option for like seventeen mil. He'll go back to the Magic. <laughs> <laughs> but you forgot that Chris Paul went vegan, and he been healthy since he went vegan. No injuries at all. The best no, shape he's I mean, ever been he's in. He's still older, though, man. He's still older. Uh, and that's my thing about OKC. Like, like, but I'm like Mike said, you know, you keep him until the right deal is there. Because I, I, as good as Chris Paul is, I don't know if there's a trade that can match his value. So, you know, because what? He makes, what, almost $40 million a year? 40, 40 million this year, 42 to 44. So to make those contracts match... You would need somebody that's overly paid and, and is on some bullshit. Um, or you need another star player. And I don't think Chris Paul is at the level where we're doing star for star swaps. Yeah. And you ain't even mentioned, bro. If I'm the Knicks, I'm throwing in Julius Randle. You can have his ass. Just take 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 that eighteen million dollar contract. I don't want it. <laughs> I, I would rather keep Knox and just give give up Randle. <laughs> Knox is still only what, twenty one? Yeah. Maybe. So and, and Fortnite is kind of a dead game, so you ain't gotta worry about him spinning. Yeah. 12 that, hours on that. That's gonna haunt, that. I don't want to say haunt him, but, but my gosh, that's going to be a picture he don't want his grandkids to see. But he probably, got a, he probably got a nice little bag for that, honestly. I hope so, man. I hope so, because <laughs> I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> Next that's thing a- we have uh, is the pay, I mean, is the, the Celtics. Today they play against the Heat, as we mentioned. Big win against the Blazers, even though they almost blew it. They lost to the Bucks. Um Earlier in the season, but that if I remember correctly, that was a game that yeah, that Jason Tatum stuck it up. He yeah, cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. Cut his hair. what cutting your hair can do. Yeah. All of those things washed away as soon as he cut his hair. Mm-hmm. We'll just forget about it, JT. Uh, but him and Jalen Brown was hooping, and that's what mm-hmm. you want to see. Um, th- was Kemba even playing down the stretch? Kemba, Kemba is no, still on the ministry stretch. No, he didn't stretch, but he had a good game. He had a very mm-hmm. good a, game in his ministry the, stretch. Yeah, the minutes he's been playing, he's been able to put the ball in the cup. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's good to look at. I'm not he sure. He the ball he played good. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this game against the Blazers is, like, um, is the virtual fans, right? So, he's sitting on the bench. Jason Tatum's sitting on the bench, and he looks up at the virtual fans, and his son is right there. I just thought that was oh, a, yeah. a, a nice little sweet moment right there between them All two. Pierce even yeah, came Paul through. Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, he was just laying down. He didn't give a, he didn't give a damn. He yeah. was just reacting for TV. Like you could tell he was on the bed or couch. It was just funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You probably pay him to come through. We got to find a way to be virtual fans. I'm about to look it up, man. I was we, just watching. I just saw a TikTok. The guy, he sent the email to every NBA team asking to be a fan, and every team responded and gave him the link to be a fan. So it can't be that hard. We just need to ask the people. We could probably hit up the people here at House of Highlights, and they could just booda boom booda boom. We'd be at a playoff game course side. What, what, what team would y'all want to watch? We have to do it together, man. Yeah. Uh, um, we're going to zoom in on the camera. We're going we gonna gonna to be through the wire. And then they they can't hear ain't like you talking so we could be an Xbox party. Yep. Yep. I thought they can't hear your audio, right? No, yeah, that, that audio hear. that you hear is pumped in. That's not the Zoom call. That's their own personal. I'm pretty sure they said audio. they can like the people on the bench. They can hear the fans. I'm pretty sure they said that would that. be weird because I could just be like, "Bitch." Right. Yeah. I I don't know how. Uh, I don't even know if I should have said that on this, but you can <laughs> like first. Yeah. I, I'm, I thought I read that. I might. Maybe they can. Maybe they can. Yeah, but that would be wild because you could it just say be. anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because even uh, I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's, I don't it's super loud, but somebody could say I think some of the audio is there. The I wouldn't even want to talk. You're in a room with 
40 other strangers on a Zoom call. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just saying. It don't make sense. It would be too, everybody trying to talk all those people. Because just... that's how I said the first thing I'm doing if I'm a, if I'm at that Lakers game is I'm LeBron. I'm trying to get him to look <laughs> at me. hours ago, how to be a virtual fan. Um, yeah. yeah, just an article about how to be it. Let us know because um, we'll definitely pull up to a game. Definitely pull up virtual to a game. Friend, Sign up process. In order to be considered for a seat, fans can sign up through individual team sites. For example, the Pacers and Pelicans each have simple forms on their sites. Other teams, such as the Celtics, are reaching out to season ticket holders as well mm-hmm. as friends and families of players, which is probably why we saw Deuce. The process of each team could change as the season progresses. Another option, uh, Michelob Ultra. Ultra, no, not drinking until you feel like you're playing against LeBron James. I don't. The official beer sponsor of the NBA is offering a chance to snag seats with its own sweepstakes and holding giveaways on social media. That's a little too much. If you are choosing to be a virtual fan, then you will be provided a username and password via email to use on Microsoft Teams. You can then find the meeting invitation on your calendar and join the meeting to watch the game. Step by step instructions for the virtual fan experience can be found here. What is required in order to be a virtual fan? All participants must have a computer or similar device capable of running Microsoft Teams. They will be expected to sign at least a. You got to sign in at least thirty minutes before tip off. Fans must follow the rules stated in the NBA's acknowledgement and authorization form, which is I think the the things we got when we went to the Knicks game. Um, No more than one person in a virtual seat. No offensive behavior or language. No middle fingers, anything like that. Right, Mike. Uh, no signs or inappropriate messaging. And no distribution of game data or other content. Uh, moderators will monitor fan sections and can remove spectators if necessary. Additionally, fans are expected to appear on the screen throughout the game. So if a fan disappears for an extended period of time, period of time then the seat may be reassigned so if you leave go piss for a little too long or you try to make a, a Kyron run then your seat will be uh yeah, that, that course, side, that course I, forgot what, I forgot what game it was though but i know it ended up starting being a blowout and so the virtual fans were leaving and it was just like half of it was empty oh yeah no uh, <laughs> it was in the heat the heat game even didn't even had any fans it was it was equivalent to like the actual arena they came in late just, i would definitely just be there like this and i would just be playing the game yeah, and people take a picture, send it to you on Twitter. I see you on TV, type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next team. Did we talk enough about the Celtics? The Celtics oh, are a good team. The Celtics yeah. are a good team. Something ignorant to go viral. <laughs> I was, it's a virtual seat. It's a virtual seat. I, I could yeah. care less if you cut me off. I think one of the dudes like started playing his guitar on it or that, something. Yeah. And they zoomed in on him. Yeah. And there's, so I don't know. No um, signs yeah. is kind of lame though. They should allow you to bring a sign. D Mills, moon at the camera and go viral. <laughs> well, his his whole, whole HOH contract. Through <laughs> <laughs> the wire, it'll be three, bro. Yeah. By the way, fan disclaimer, whoever, I'm joking. I would not throw my middle finger. I don't want anybody to be like, that's a good idea. Let me go viral. No, I'm just talking. The NBA would definitely be like, who is that? Where he signed up at? Make sure he can't go to these the next games. The NBA ain't playing that. Yeah. Gave us those cars. They gave us those cars when we went to the Madison Square Garden. Hey, you better behave, basically, is what the thing was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing, Gordon Hayward has been really good in the bubble so far. Their top guys have been playing solid just yeah. all around. 
now that Jason Tatum put us here, yeah, everybody's been playing really good. Everybody's been playing really good. Uh, next team, Utah Jazz, one and two in the bubble. Big win on opening night, but since then, two losses in the row. I know somebody here got a lot to say about the Jazz, or maybe a person on the Jazz, or we keeping that con confidential to the Xbox parties. Me? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm just not a fan of the Jazz. They're, they're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a fan of them. I, really Wait, I just got to put some context, because that had me cracking up, bro. He's like... Last night? <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, he's like, this game and Rudy Gobert, this just, just describes the team. It's just, they they cool. They all right. <laughs> they not all that. He's like, Donovan Mitchell, he cool. He not all that. He's Mike Conley, he cool. He not all that, though. Right? I'm like, damn, <laughs> bro. You going to do they top guys. Like, literally, their team is really, I mean, I guess it's for every team, but their team is really a reflection of their, their roster. Like, for what Mike Conley is at the point guard position, He's not elite, but he's not terrible either. He's mm -hmm. all right. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> you can call him elite at the position, the center position, because defensively-wise, but as a complete center, he's actually not elite as a complete center. He's gotten better, and he's improving to, to one day be, you know, complete. But he still has his moments where he's limited offensively. Mm -hmm. um, and then he has his moments where he's not that elite defensively because he can get matched up with a guy like Anthony Davis who's doing step-back four-point plays on him, and that kind of – It'll, you know, it can be frustrating. I mean, he's human. But again, I think he's also his value goes up for them in a playoff series where he can able to, you know, key in on how we're going to defend Anthony Davis or whatnot. So I don't want to put too much pressure on one game for him. And then Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is good and he has potential and he can score the ball really well. But I just think that he's not in a class that a lot of people, a.k.a. Twitter, Instagram, uh, NBA, puts him in. I'd be seeing things where it's like, who do you pick? And it's like him with Jason Tatum and those. Like, I don't think not that Jason Tatum is, you know, uh, a MVP caliber player or anything yet, but I still don't even think Donovan Mitchell is on that level. And in my opinion, um, and I know a lot of people, jazz fans would pretend like I'm saying something crazy, but yeah, I just don't think he's in the Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Luca, Trey young, uh, maybe Trey young, but, I think as soon as Trey Young start winning games, the, the whole thing is different. Just because when Donovan Mitchell isn't scoring, it's nothing really there. Um, and he he's still young enough to take the next step to start e evolving hit the rest of his game because he's gotten better uh, with playmaking and different things like that. But shot selection is still a problem for him. Um, Decision-making can be a problem at certain times. Uh, he did score the ball real well against the Lakers. But, yeah, the, the, the Jazz is just not a team I, I, I'm, I'm really liking. And I know they're missing – Bogdanovich, which could be the thing that that makes me feel this way. Uh, battery exhausted may agree, um, but yeah, uh, the Jazz is just, just not a fan of the Jazz, man. I don't like them. Don't like them, and I'm okay to say that I don't like the Jazz. Yeah, I feel I, like they're I, really struggling offensively. Yeah, especially without Boban. Am I the only one that feels th these ways? I know some of what you're saying. I don't agree completely. Yeah. Um, I, I do think they have a, a nice roster if they had all their pieces, right? I think a lot of these get, some of these games go a little bit differently if, if Bojan is there because Bojan takes a lot of that Donovan Mitchell pressure off where we don't see him taking the extreme amount of, like, maybe not-so-great-looking shots because the game open, opens up even more. Um, but I can agree that he he he's a player that is good, but he's also a product of what he's at, you know what I'm saying? So they needed a guy to come in and take a bunch of shots, and he's good enough to be able to make those but it, I, I feel like, so like two a year ago, maybe two years ago, I would have been in the camp of like, 
I like Donovan Mitchell, and I think him and Devin Booker are close, but I think Devin Booker has done this thing where he's got better over the course of the last couple seasons. While Donovan Mitchell, I won't say he he's regressed or anything, but he's just kind of still the player that he was year one, year two. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing because year one, year two, he was still good. But if we're, we're talking about a player that, or a team that's trying to compete, you would want him to be able to progress season to season to season. That's that's the only thing. Yeah, I think he's think they're at their best of Kevin Durant and LeBron for quickest to like five thousand points or something. Yeah, no, he can score the ball for sure, for sure. He's like I don't want anybody to mistake us saying that Donovan Mitchell's a bad basketball player because without a right. doubt he's not. It's just like like Even I agree. Saying that they're still gonna try to pretend. That <laughs> you see Mike's picture. <laughs> and shout out, shout out, shout out to uh, shout out to Diamond man, shout out to Diamond. You're muted still. I feel like they're at their best when they're not playing Mike Conley these extended minutes. I, I think so. My colleague been keeping kind of turning back. I know, but I feel like they're at their best when they can go like Boban, Boyan, uh, Royce O'Neal, Ingles, and Gobert. I but they, like can't they can't do that. They can't do But But you got to think about what you're saying is kind of weird because he has he wasn't good then. You know what I'm saying? The the Mike Conley you got in the first half of the season has not been the Mike Conley in the bubble. Mike Conley in the bubble has been pretty decent so far. You He's know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you said what, P? He's he's what we kind of wanted and expected, yeah. but yeah. now we're getting that with no Bogdanovich. So it's just yeah. like, and that's like, oh, they need another little piece to kind of help. Which would be Bogdanovich? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because Donovan Mitchell, like you said, I, I'm I really like Donovan Mitchell, and I think in that Pelican Pelicans game, um, he did display that he can't close it out late game. And he can't be that dude, whether it is making a shot or making a play. But as you said, like against these tougher teams, it's a lot harder to do that especially when they're kind of keyed in more on you. And um, I don't know, he's got, it's times, especially as a scorer in this league, if you're not, you could tell the elite of the league because they can get it done almost damn near regardless. You know, uh, Devin Booker shot one falling like that from three or wise. He was only shot like one for three, but you know, he was able to get to the rim. He's able to take his pull-ups and he also shot 10 free throws to get 30 points type, type deal. So that's why I'm saying that I think that they either has to Donovan Mitchell has to go to an elite level from them to take more of the top, or they're always going to be. They just need another piece that's going to help them when they're down and out, you know. And that's when that's when it's key to be a bigger guard. Devin Booker can yeah. post up and do do different, be a more dynamic scorer. Donovan Mitchell, he ain't really posting up shit, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mm-hmm. can try. He's six uh, one. Yeah, so that's where it kind of hurt. As good as Donovan Mitchell is, there is a big possibility that he may never be an All Star. Never. It's, I'm telling you, it's gonna be. He's lost. He was lost this year. Damn, he was. Yeah. I mean, again, oh, yeah, I mean, was. Yeah. regardless though, it's gonna be tough for a lot of these young guards though to make those All Star teams because it's already so loaded. Steph and Clay are, we will be back, and exactly. that's two spots. That's two yes, spots. Right. Right. Paul George, you gotta expect he's gonna be an All Star level. Cat is gonna probably play at the level to yeah. make an All Star game again too. Yeah. Like it's, because Don Mitchell is an All Star talent, so for him to not be able to make it again is a little like. But injuries happen every year. So we bring those players back, somebody as 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 much as we wouldn't want it to happen, injuries are a part of the game. So it's always when somebody else is coming back, somebody else is gonna be hurt. So another thing about the Jazz is that Jordan Clarkson has really struggled in the bubble. The first game he's decent. Since yeah. then he can't buy a bucket. Like he's and he's that's his job. Yeah. yeah. I think that's thirty five thousand. Can you give me three buckets? And I was like, Brock ain't going to bubble right now. He was trying to buy a basket the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Two two for thirteen against the Lakers, and then even four even, for seventeen he had, he against a couple OKC. layups. He's at the rim, and it's just like you could tell the players off because it's like shorter, like they short arm mm-hmm. it, and they don't even know how to like 
get to the get into the rim. So you could tell he was definitely going through. How y'all how y'all feel about Emmanuel Moutier? He's solid. <laughs> Are we getting to that point where we going so in depth on teams? We're thinking about Emmanuel Moutier eight minutes. It just made me think the one thing KB said to acknowledge him was, I am. I ain't even PP at the 11 zone. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it wasn't something that he did on a court, it was the shoe. That was the shoe, man. Looked nice with the jersey, too. But uh, yeah, overall, he had the one leg get off the glass before the. Yeah. the, the and he had a nice mid range pull up, too, in that game, too. Like at the. We may need to think about Manuel Moody a little bit more. Uh, next team, Houston Rockets, one of the few undefeated teams left 2-0 at the moment. Two really big wins, including the one against uh, the Mavericks. And after that, the Bucks win. The Bucks win is a big win for this yep. team. Um, overall, what did you say? Stop playing with James Harden. <laughs> that boy they, said, next question. They don't play defense <laughs> until the fourth quarter starts. The first three minutes, they don't give a damn about defense at all. That's what we need to start doing when we go to the gym. <laughs> Not no, I'm not ready to put myself in that situation. I'm just talking shit, Mike. Yeah, but you, yeah, you are though. You will, you don't play defense until the shit is over with. I, I yeah, I don't play defense until it really needs to come up. But... No, until the entire game is over. <laughs> then you want to play defense. <laughs> Regardless, the Rockets. I think they've been doing pretty well. Um, they've been hitting their shots too, and like you said, they play defense when it matters. The game against the the Mavericks, they just showed they have fight. You know, they're willing to you know battle back. And even though Jeff Green, he didn't play, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, he was able to still make that tip. And then the win against the Bucks Roko. has to be, yeah, Roko. And then the win against the Bucks, they clamped down. And like I said, Giannis, I feel like Giannis got to take that shot in that situation. Him passing up the ball or passing that up, I know it's the right player. You he tried to make it. the LeBron play. Yeah, yeah. you just got to get a shot up, man. He's gonna do, get a though. shot up. I think that's mm -hmm. what I think that's what Giannis is going to do. As mm -hmm. good as Giannis is. Cause I don't think his jump his his jumper is getting better tremendously, but I think it's not like oh I'm a hesitate pull up type of thing. So in those situations he has to get to the rim, which I mean if everybody knows you're getting to the rim, it, it makes it a lot harder. So wall up, yeah. So I think we're going to see Giannis make that play a lot more than he would try to do something. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, as good as he is, he's not that. He's yeah. not like turnaround jumper Brandon Ingram. Honestly, I'm not even mad if Chris Middleton ends up getting that shot. And, you he know, should. As well as, if, as if well it's as not Giannis, it has to be. It has to be Chris right. Middleton. Right. Yeah. Who and, shot it? Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews did take a late shot. Take a late three. Yeah, it was fast as hell. It might have yeah. been the possession before the last. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, back to the Houston Rockets, though, they won that game without James Harden have to put up a forty piece or anything like that. Um, the two games that they have played, they show, I think Mike just said, the super fight because they were down by a decent amount with like 40 seconds ago against the Mavericks. And then against the Bucks, they were down by like eight with like two minutes ago. And they just, yeah. they never gave up. They kept going. They kept going. The defense was amazing. James Harden clamped up on Giannis. And then they had, they had the shooters. And the shooters came out. They hit their shots. Russell Westbrook has been amazing so far in the bubble, doing the part that he, he can. We're getting to the mid-range section and finishing at the rim when he, when he gets to that. So, overall, like, again, we're two games in. And we always had this conversation about, like, the Houston Rockets and, and their health and their, you know, energy level once we get to game six game seven but through two games they they have to be one of the best teams in the bubble right now 
Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm like about them is they really getting out for some turnovers, even though they being out rebounded by like they were down what like 25 rebounds to the Bucks. They, they forced a lot of turnovers. They lost. The, they lost the rebound that. battle by 30, and won oh. the game. Yeah. Yeah. So. If they can keep forcing turnovers like this, then yeah, they I guess they can help negate them to where they can stay in these games. Mm-hmm. I like the Rockets. I want to root for them so bad, but I just know this brand of basketball. It's just hard to believe in. Can't, can't you know, and the three thing the the threes is already a hard thing to believe in. Now you have to kind of believe in the small ball, the super small ball as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go when you play that super small, you damn near have to, you know, kind of pick up the defensive intensity just at times because I just gonna wear it was gonna wear down on those smaller players having they can pull it off. I'll give them the all utmost credit, respect, whatever. There's no asterisk because mm-hmm. I, I I it would be impressive to be able to get constantly out rebounded by not even by 30, but to get re- out rebounded by 15 or 20 is is, is even significant. Mm-hmm. Um and to win like that consistently at a high level in the playoffs, whew, man, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, I mean, you they were even going against Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez giving them buckets down low. Brooke Lopez, yeah, like game. all-star version on the block. Yeah, yeah. Today the Rockets play against the the Trailblazers, though, so it should be a good game. They're going against a, against matchup. another top big, huh? Top five big, top five big use of Nurkic. <laughs> top seven, top seven. <laughs> yeah, the Rockets. Miss the, the worst thing he want to see what is has Zach Collins done? Zach Collins hasn't done anything in the bubble. He has, no, yeah, yeah. He's played in the bubble. He's played. Derek he's been there. Loves, That's a good Derek, thing. Derek just loves Zach Collins because it's just the thing to do as a Blazer fan. It's just to be like, Zach Collins, effort. He's looking at a his ass. You just love that effort from Zach Collins. Um, Don't we all love that from a player, though? That's a fact. That's a fact. You're right. I like to see production. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much I can take effort. If your effort don't equal production, then you got to come sit your ass next to me at a certain point. Lou Will is going to play today. He has cleared his quarantine. Ooh, and he'll okay. play tonight against the Suns. So that's that's good for them. And we'll get to the Clippers soon. But first, we got to go through the Nuggets, one and one in the bubble. We just mentioned their big win against OKC. They still, they're one of the teams that still aren't completely healthy. Jamal Murray, um, Gary Harris got there late, and he's still trying to get his conditioning done. But they found a way because Michael Porter Jr. had his career high. And then the overtime, Jokic showed why he's the best or maybe the second best big in the league, depending on who you ask. Shout out to MPJ, man. If this if this is MPJ that we can soon be getting, um, this team is this team is ridiculous. And I know we say that a lot because obviously Ball Ball had his little his little moments or whatever. But man, I think this is what MPJ can be. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer. Um out there looking like a a, a a little bit more mobile Gallinari, man. Mm-hmm. Just, just I've always been like, if he's the dude that gets some more minutes and play consistently, he can he has another ceiling that he can reach. They're still yeah. undefeated he when he score over eighteen. They're undefeated when he scores over eighteen. Undefeated. Let's let's make sure he start getting over eighteen. Damn, my phone. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm ready to see them be uh be at full strength because they they were able to pull the win out like this even when they're not at full strength. Monte Morris, they just plugged him right in. Tori he's Craig. Good. Paul Millsap and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's another thing. Uh, MPJ got these buckets at small four. Yep. He started next to Paul and Jokic, so he wasn't playing four either. So that's encouraging as well. Gives him another dynamic uh, to his game. That because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he'd be able to play small four. Because at times he does look uh, like he's struggling to be in position defensively with some other quicker people. But um, yeah. 
Overall, I've been impressed. Um, it, it's showing how deep they are, to be honest, because they're missing, what, three starters? And, you know, they've been playing all right. The Heat game, they just didn't look like they showed up to play that game. They kind of got ran out the gym, and it was kind of over early. But the win against the Thunder, I mean, they did what they did. MPJ had a really big game, which they just have those players that they might – if they have enough players where it's like one of them going down, one of them going to break out and give us 15, 20 to help us out with Jokic. But I think as long as they can carry themselves and stay within the game, Jokic is a dude that's going to close it out for you. So you got to be happy with that. Yeah. And then Skinny Jokic was giving it to it on Steven Adams on the block. You know what I'm saying? Bro, Steel, the super first strong. possession, the first possession, he had a move where he like literally just backed him down and Steven Adams just like, I don't know if he flopped, but he fell right to the ground and it was an easy bucket for Jokic. So, I mean, the weight don't seem like it did that much problem to him. And we know Steven Adams is basically the strongest man in the entire league and mm-hmm. he couldn't, he couldn't hold on. I really like this team, man. I just, I don't know when we get those three starters back because can you imagine you get, you move uh, Michael Porter Jr. back to the bench and you get that type of production on your second unit. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. I mean, they don't have to run Monte Morris again. Monte Morris was really good for them this game. Hit some clutch free throws and everything. Um, clutch buckets. But him as a backup is way better than him as a starter. You know? So yeah. this this is one of the deepest teams in the NBA. In the healthy. We need talked about Jeremy Grant because he didn't really do nothing the other day. But he he's one of those players that is super, super productive um, defensively at least all the time. And then also I forget why Will Barton didn't play the knee other injury. He's, he's got a knee injury. Knee, he's got yeah, he's got a knee injury. Um, I'm not sure where he was at, but they were listening like he's not going to play this game or that game. So I'm sure that I don't know if he's like a day to day or anything like that. But I, I'm pretty sure he was dealing with his knee. Um, I know Jamal Murray. He's talking about he's got a tightness. I think his hamstring. And then Gary Harris has been out for a while now, right? Yeah, Gary Harris has it says hip is what they listed Gary Harris yeah. as hip. So we'll see. We see. Luckily for them, at this point in the season, they have the three seed, and they are one and a half games above mm-hmm. the Rockets. So you know they they're hope, they're standing firm at that three seed, even with all these injuries. Mm-hmm. I think just them this display of them showing how deep they are, it makes them comfortable moving forward too. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't end up how they want, they could definitely see like, okay, these pieces work best with Jokic, and we could work with these. And with a like I said, they're super deep, so they have talent to trade away. And they don't have to feel uncomfortable doing that. Right. Uh, next team, Raptors. 2-0 in the bubble. Two big wins, right? We beat They beat the Lakers. And then who else did they, they beat? They beat the Heat. The Heat, they right. The Heat. They beat the Lakers in the yeah. Heat. And I was telling you on the part, you just got to tip your hats off to the Raptors, man. They're, they're a super good team. They do one of the things that I think they probably do best in the NBA is they just close out on a three and make you take tough, like, interior shots. Um and they just been hanging their hat on the defense, and they've had players step up for them. OG Adenobi, he didn't have – I think he had, like, seven points against the Heat, but I know against the Lakers he had a very good game where he mm-hmm. barely missed any shots. Yep. Um, and he clamped LeBron. Don't forget that part. I didn't <laughs> want to add that part in there. But <laughs> no, but they, they're a super deep team, and they got to be, you know, a scary playoff team for anybody to go against. To be honest, yeah, they they yeah, they have to be in my eyes the second favorite to win the Eastern Conference, and even then, yeah. they may mess around and end up being my favorite after the the eight bubble yeah. games. That's just how nice they are, how deep they are. Game one, we had Cal Lowry looking amazing, and then game two, you have Fred Van Vliet being the guy. It's just like they have so many bodies that that can go out and get you those buckets and get you those clutch plays offensively and def- defensively. This team is just really, really good. Yeah. They are, this, man. They are super very unsel- super unselfish too. Mm-hmm. I was like just waiting to see in a series 
uh, if this will be able to work, like the uh, who's our hot man this night, um, because I know that's when we have to see plays like Kawhi that he Kawhi yeah. made for them last. Because no doubt about it, it was periods of that during a stretch of time where Kawhi was literally scoring maybe eight ten points for them in a row because they just yeah, needed yeah. it. And I know yeah. players have gotten better uh, mm-hmm. since then, like Pascal, Norman Powell. Even you could say Fred has grown, but still, we still have to see them have those moments and see if they're capable of that. And that'll be the determining factor on how far they can go, in my opinion, because they've shown they can keep up with anybody. Yeah. But, you know, winning a seven-game series will probably need some of those they've been They've been seem like they're doing a really good job of just kind of like... Well, maybe this is a, a Spurs-type team. I think it is. I think it's Spurs 2.0. It I really do. It could I be. Really do. It really could be. And they've been doing be. a really good job of like... Wendy B, if there's a star playing on the other team, they could really lock in on defensively and make it tough on you. You know, they made it real tough on LeBron and AD. There's times where, you know, before the season got canceled, they made it real tough on Giannis. So they made it real tough on Jordan B, held them to, what, zero points. So they're a team that, you know, they will kind of lock you down. And, you know, if they have a dude that goes off for 30 or 35, it's a super hard team to beat. Yeah, they just don't have any holes defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you if you're going against a team with an elite guard, you have Cal Lowry on. You're going against a team with an elite wing, OG Ananobi can do it. Elite big, you have Marcus Saul, you have uh you have Surge. They just they just really have it all. A great offensive system, a great coach. Um, and it seemed like a great team as far as chemistry goes. So it's like yeah. everything you want in a in a really good playoff team. Except the only thing they missing yeah. is like we need a bucket. Who do we go to? You know, and mm-hmm. that, and they had that last year. I think that's what Pascal has shown his growth, though. He's shown that he can be that guy, at least in, throughout the regular season he has. We haven't seen him in the big moments. Cal Lowry has been a big shot player then throughout his career. Maybe Fred Van Fleet can get into that mix a little bit. But I love how they just have – they're, like, the only team in the league that's top five in defensive uh, – in three-point defense and paint defense. They're the only team in the league that's top five in both. So I think that just really shows their versatility defensively. And um, they, yeah, they're dangerous. I, if I'm the Bucks, that's a tough conference. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough yeah. as, that's tough as hell. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, this is just like a prediction, but I think one of their probably toughest matches is probably going to be a team like Philly. Just because they're, like I say, they defend the three so well. Philly is not a team that's just going to drive and kick, drive and kick, and you kind of focus on defensive mm-hmm. rotation. They're probably going to try to beat you one-on-one. They're probably going to probably beat you. Joel B is going to finish with 30. Tobias here is going to beat you with 20, and that's probably the best way to kind of attack that Raptors defense. But, it, you know, we still got to see what happens. Let's see. Uh, we're almost done here. So we got the Clippers next, 1-1 one one in the bubble. Uh, last game, Paul George just lit it up. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. could not could not get a stop on him because he was just amazing. Um, they're still playing without Montrez. We're finally, like I said, getting Lou Will back today. They've been missing some key pieces in their team. But overall, with the two games, even the one that they lost against the Lakers, they've been looking solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to lose two games in a row, especially when they knew they lost to the Lakers and then they were going against the Pels. I knew that they were going to come out and just take care they of them. They dominated I, them, boys. Yeah, they dominated from head to, from the beginning to the end. Like, it was no – they didn't take their foot off the brakes. So, yeah. At one point, it was like close through. to 40, right? It was like close to a 40-point game. And then the Pel- the Pelicans had like a big fourth quarter, um, but overall they just they just completely dominated. Paul George ended up with twenty eight and twenty six minutes. Kawhi twenty four and twenty seven minutes. It's like they got to the point. Rodney Magruder played fourteen minutes. That's that's how good they were that game. He got him some run. 
and that's without Luis Montrez. Yeah, it's hard to to really analyze this team because they they are missing two of their very big pieces. And other than the Lakers game, um, the Pelicans game is a game they should they should definitely dominate. So they have the Suns today. Lou Will's back. Then they have Mavericks, Trailblazers, Nets, Nuggets, Thunder. Not a terribly tough schedule, but there's some games in there. Some games in there. Yeah. But they they can only fall at this point because the Lakers got the one seed wrapped after last night, right, Mike? We did. First time back in the playoffs, baby. And can I? Uh, I want to. I want to put out this. Uh, this statement I got from my boy, LeBron on clinching the number one seed in the West. They said I couldn't do it. I'll enjoy this one. Yeah, definitely. Out of all those years, where they said, "Man, he out east. It's too easy out east." Mm. He up top in the West. Can I get a virtual high five from your mic? <laughs> so yeah the it's lakers two, two and one two, two and one they've had um anthony davis been unstoppable other than that one game where he was clamped up by uh the raptors the raptors team he was un- incredible i think it was a joke going on. i think it may have been terrence that said in the xbox party the ad was gonna get clamped by rudy and i was just playing know, along with it you know he was he was dead serious you know how he be feeling about come on bro it's anthony davis it's anthony davis though and i was like you know what he's too he's too versatile for rudy gobert Let's i was i told him i said i'm gonna wait for ad to get the ball take him take his sweet ass to the three-point line and so he just gonna hit the jump and what he do he gained and he then the dagger the was like the m1 yes m1 three KB let Kyron and Terrence hype him up. <laughs> Bro, I just be I be talking, y'all know. I just like to talk trash about the Lakers when Mike is around. Y'all know I got love for every yeah. NBA team, you know. Um, the biggest not surprise, but the biggest bright side for the Lakers is that other than like last game, Cal Kuzma has been really good offensively and defensively. Defensively, yeah. I mean, I've, I've just been super happy with, with how we've been playing. And I, th- I think the Raptors, you know, I'm okay with losing that game. I, that was a super tough game. And they kind of, you know, took over in that fourth quarter. But, I mean, I think we're going to – we're still getting our legs underneath us. You know, I think our, our shooters are still kind of trying to find a rhythm, which, you know, they got time. And I expect LeBron to, you know, start getting into that playoff mode. As much yeah, as I expect us to ride AD too, though. Expect us to ride AD, uh, AD as well. Waiting for JR to have a moment, man. Mm-hmm. They are gonna have a moment, but yeah, I, people be too hard on Kuzma. Kuzma doing his thing, mm-hmm. um, and the more and more he gets settled into finding his place next to AD and LeBron, the more better he'll be because I, I he he definitely has shown that he can score and be effective. I think it's just been tough for him to find that footing between those two. Mm-hmm. Once he does, they're only playing like eight to ten minutes a game though. Yeah, he's not like, playing. He's that not much. doing shit. He's not playing. Yeah. Much. He's always getting scored on every time I'm watching. <laughs> He's having zero points and shit like that. And and just yeah. So once he gets going and gets some rhythm, because Deion Waiters is he's in yeah, he's Deion in Waiters is gone. Yeah, I've been liking how Deion Waiters has been on the, you know, he's been on the attack. Cause yeah, they, they had a lineup yesterday that was really good together. It was Deion, Caruso, LeBron, A D and Deion. And then they like put Deion and A D on the opposite side on and then, like, they just did AD and Dion pick and rolls for the mm-hmm. part of the game. And that was actually really solid for them. Danny Green leaving the door open for JR and never comes to it. I'm in. So, yeah, Danny Green ain't been on nothing. He better not repeat what he did last year where he not going to turn up until, like, the conference finals. But he won a championship year. last year. So, if he do the same thing, <laughs> I know, win. but shit. It's just, it'd be that false, it'd be that false hope. The false negative he carrying with it that he can't hit a damn shot. He does that, man. He does that. Um, Last team, Milwaukee Bucks. They are one and one after the loss to the Houston Rockets. 
Um, still looking very good, but we saw their flaws against the Rockets team, right? The, the Rockets are a team that are built to beat the Bucks because the Bucks mm-hmm. are a team that give up the most threes. Like, they give up the yep. most threes, and the Rockets are the team that makes the, both three, the most threes. Um, but we did see their flaws and crunch time situations, too. They've been so dominant throughout the season, we ain't really saw them in clutch exactly. that much and because they've been dominating. And if I'm yeah. the Bucks, I don't really mind that loss because you get to learn from that. You haven't really been, been able to do that all uh, all season because you've been blowing teams out. Now you're in a predicament where we're going against the top elite teams, and we all know it, we all know where the ball is going, damn near. If the if they need one shot, so Giannis is going to have to overcome that, where he's going to be able to have to get you know better looks by himself and just not just be so dependent on getting to the rim. Or Chris Middleton might have to take another leap and just take the shot. Yeah, I don't know where the shot going for the last one. I don't know which, mm-hmm. which direction uh, Coach Bud will go. Yeah, I mean, because Chris Middleton has been amazing. You know, he's been shooting the ball super. They also well. haven't had Bledsoe. So they'll get yeah, Bledsoe. Bledsoe has a plate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they're the Bucks. They're doing what they do. Mm-hmm. It was good to see them finally have a crunch time, you know, situation. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with Mike a thousand percent to what he said. I'm just curious to see how that'll pan out for them in the rest of the playoffs because that is where Giannis uh, flaws comes out. And those questions. I think it kind of depends on what kind of shot you need. If you need a layup, I think you're going Giannis. But if you need a three, you're more so going to go towards Chris Miller. But that's easier said than done. I think it's. I yeah. think at the end of the day, it's still just generating the best shot possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's generating the best shot possible, and it, it could be Giannis going for a layup or Chris Middleton taking a three. But I think it's just the, getting a quality shot versus you turning the ball over. I think the play will always be if you're down two to try to get Giannis that shot at the rim. But nine times out of ten, a team is going to wall up and try their best yeah, to happen. And then that's where it kind of gets dicey because you're not you can't always count on the guy being open. Right. To and then I'm not always just trying to count on like Giannis. We need you to be a decoy. He's going to be open because we just seen it looked like whoever was in that corner was open and Ben McLemore is getting a steal and now you don't get a shot up again. So it's going to be a tough learn, learning pass for Giannis. But I mean, he's a He's going to be one of the greatest of all time, so I think he can overcome it. So Yeah, I mean, the first game of the season was a close game, too, and he hit the game when it layup. So, like, we, we've seen both sides of their crunch time moments, um, right. and I think I think people forget that because on the box score, that Celtics game ended up being, like, an eight-point win, but it literally took, like, a game when it layup with 30 seconds to go, and then the foul game started. So, like, we, we've seen both sides of it. Um, and I think, again, they're a team that is still growing, and they have, what, six more games to figure it out before the – I mean, listen, they got more than six games. That first-round matchup ain't nothing to them. No, that's it. That, <laughs> that's why it's going to be hard for them to figure it out because it won't be shit. They're going to be winning by 30 every game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Either way, that's it. That's all, that's all 22 teams, man, in two hours. Great episode, y'all. We made it extended because of the mishap that happened. Um, again – uh you return a favor get this going up on them charts download it even if you're watching the visually double double duty and download it leave a review leave the likes um and that also can help y'all in a favor because i know y'all be like where are the episodes going they're missing yeah show them that the we're not a podcast that they can afford to, <laughs> to play with our episodes get us up on them charts let's start off and take baby steps i think we were like 32nd uh from or jump to 27th i don't know let's hit the top 20 then 15, then 10, then five, and let's go for that number one spot worth the ludicrous. And I want to exit with this beautiful portrait of my boy. Peace.